Time to add personality to your office or home. Goat Guns offers a wide range of miniature gun models that are fun to build and display. From desk decorations to conversation starters, our realistic die-cast models are sure to impress. Choose from a vast selection of historic miniature firearms such as AR-15s, AK-47s, and 1911 pistol. We have greatest of all time support and a 90-day buyback guarantee. Order your Goat Gun at GoatGuns.com. Welcome to Grapple Spotlight. I'm Benno. I'm JP. I'm Gareth. And I'm Matty. And we're after a, a week off. Um, we took a week off to uh, chat with our patrons about uh, various things. Uh, state of grapple type of a uh, situation. Looking at things we could uh, improve and uh, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. make better all round. Shorter shows was one of the suggestions that came <laughs> up that... Uh, I think we've immediately decided to completely ignore this week, JP. <laughs> we have come back on a after after skipping a week with eight thousand things to catch up on and eight hundred things to uh, to review this week. Uh, great one to uh, implement the uh, the new structure as we uh, we also just did a one hour pre show, so people know what we're like at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we 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 spoke. It sounded good in our heads, and clearly that's where it will end up staying as a as a as a vision. A vision for this, well. but no, we've got a we've got a tight ship tonight. We've got a, a good structure mm. on there as well. We know where we're starting mm. off. We're whole team you know, as well. Everyone, exactly. everyone everyone's there. here. Yeah. Garrett did promise. We, we did say that the app's ending. Garrett's got to come back full time. So this is yeah. a shift one of five hundred this year, Garrett. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> we've got you now. You're back. Hey, well, I tell you what, I've been loving it, loving all this uh, free time I've had on my hands. I've actually been able to just like watch like. A variety of wrestling like i've actually got three shows in to talk about today it's fucking amazing and i said i tell you what there's you can't uh you can't beat the uh waking up putting your twitter timeline on and then just seeing that there's like some show happening and then just getting that immediate half second stress of like fuck i need to put this on the app and i'm like ah no i don't no i don't like kind of thing and then like yesterday when just sitting like watching the uh watching the aw show i was just like Ah, lovely this. Just get up, get, make myself a nice coffee, just throw the wrestling on. Don't have to wor- worry about like uh, getting all that backlog done. You can tell, can you see? I'm a happier man already. I've you got do, a- you see more relaxed. You're glowing, you You're beaming. You're beaming He's <laughs> gotten younger, hasn't he? Like, the only thing I will say, I did see that poor bloke, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, who tweeted something like, Sorry, I missed something. But the the grapple app hasn't been updated for a few weeks. It's like it's like waking up in like a nuclear holocaust, like a month later. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's wandering around, just like where's the app gone? What's going on? Like, sorry what, if you're if you're out there, whoever that was. <laughs> yeah. What I what I found like quite quite weird is that I've just like opened it like every couple of days, and there's still people like rating stuff. <laughs> like, is there? I'm like, so like I'm like, well, I mean the the plug will be getting pulled so it's just like to, like it just doesn't you know there'll be nothing there if you click into it like in the future but it was quite quite endearing to see people like still rating all japan shows from last year and it's like that this weekend like honestly i had that like the horrible feeling of like i watched something 
and I wanted to punch me right in it. Like, you know, when like we were talking about like watching stupid YouTube videos in the pre-show and like me watching Uber Eats drivers, like it's because I get like a, a secondary, you know, that endorphin rush you get when you order something like that. I think we've all got addicted <laughs> to that like over the last couple of years. But like that endorphin rush of like throwing your rating in, you know what I mean? Putting your putting your uh, your four and a half stars down or going against the grain and th- putting your 3.75 down on, which would usually be like my move. Like it did feel weird. It would definitely like I felt like I, I had this edge to do. It. So the good news is Cage Match is going to get a lot of new subscribers this week. You know, yourself <laughs> It's not what's, what, this, genuinely. What, what's mad though is like, um, so like there when I was like watching the watching the AW show and like putting my notes in, and I'm like, I've just avoided Twitter and stuff as I always do because I don't want spoilers and what have you. And like, I've literally got no clue what people think about stuff. Whereas obviously normally I'd be just there like so close mm-hmm. to the app and I'd be, and yeah. I, I'm like, mm. I'm like putting my own star ratings here on my notes, like for, for these shows. And I'm like totally blind. I'm like going, I'm thinking to myself, I was a bit like, like, do I like, am I shitting on this completely kind of thing? And everybody fucking out there loves it or something like that. You know, I, I just had literally no idea what anybody else thought about it. And that was, that was quite a weird unnerving feeling of normally, I know immediately whether people think stuff's like fucking good or think it's shit and stuff. So well, that was, that was the thing. It's quite good. If you saw a rating that was like four stars for a match that you didn't love that much, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna give that three point seven five. But if you hadn't saw the four, might you have gone? Well, you might have gone two. You know what I mean? You felt mm. like I can't be that, that different than ever. Definitely like play on your math. Must you, Matty, you must be back to your book. Are you, are you scribbling that thing in? Is that where all your uh, your ratings are uh, well, going now? This was a good weekend to start with the amount of bloody wrestling there was. And to be fair, mm. the amount of good matches that I've watched. So, uh, yeah, mm. I might, I might uh, Yeah, back. we need a new one. Benno, that one's retired and that one's going to be in a bow until we uh, go through it on the Patreon one day. But, yeah, maybe a new book's coming soon, for sure. You see, you, you see now I am nervous with you saying the amount of good matches that you've watched. Because, uh... <laughs> 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 Although we get on, mate, we do differ with our qualities, don't we? So, you know, that is all that. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that over the years, Matty. There's like, if I, I, I have to say to Gareth, no, I love this. Yeah. I gave, I, I, you're not gonna like it. Don't watch yeah. it. I feel good. Yeah. Don't watch it. I said it was good. Probably, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you won't think yeah. it's good. Learn that you learn that, don't you? That's how it goes. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have some contentious ones today, but I think we, we talked in the, the pre show. We did want to get like straight into things with there being so many shows this weekend. So, a few talking points, things coming out of uh, Tony mm-hmm. Khan's uh, press conference I want to get into as well obviously we're going to talk uh, double or nothing night of champions um or night of stories um as i've now uh christened that show uh, we're going to talk about that a bit later as well as impact new japan battleground as well so we'll circle back around to the like there was, there's some little bits of new stories kind of coming out but let's just dive into a show lads let's do a let's rip up the script let's go straight into uh our first one which is is double or nothing which was on a which was on sunday night which i, I forced matty to watch live you were str- you were struggling a bit at the end matty as we, uh, yeah made as we left your gary today yeah. five in the morning it was daylight outside oh, <laughs> proper bright though wasn't it ben? <laughs> <laughs> i was shocked <laughs> literally five to five it wasn't it was broad daylight it was yeah. <laughs> no Mate, i, I, I know. stayed up as well yeah. I, I watched that presser with tony khan as well i was uh did you stay away you're the truth for you know ben honestly like. <laughs> uh, it was worthwhile but yeah there's some some stories um coming out of that we should uh we should go into it. i don't know should i do that first should i do the pay-per-view first which one do jp you uh, you tell me. Um, well, why not go into some of the the, the 
I suppose some of the stories first, just so we can we can get those, and then we go into the into the show proper. Proper. What do you reckon? We'll do those very quickly, maybe. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, first up, I mean, what, what I, something I did want to mention. It was worth staying up um, late for that uh, for that mm. presser because unbelievably there was actually some news um, that came out out of this one. Um, I might have been uh, maybe you know messaging one of the journalists in there trying to get them to ask uh, certain <laughs> questions, which you might know from when we look into the. Where is Phil? Was that, a pretty yeah. shocking question to be asked. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, that's the thing with those pressers, though. Like, th- there's there are stupid questions like. Is CM Punk going to appear at Collision? That Tony Khan is clearly not going to answer. But you still should ask because his non-answer might actually mm-hmm. tell you something as well. You know what I mean? And he yeah. was he was pushed on that, and he was like, "Oh, I can't say either way," type of thing. So we obviously we know the answer to that. But the thing I was kind of going to most like push on that I thought was relevant to a, to kind of us was obviously uh, relevant to me. And um, somebody did ask uh, um, somebody Steph did ask uh, about uh, Nigel asked uh, Brian Danielson about Nigel McGuinness and whether he might turn up at all in. And Brian was kind of you know. He, he, there was a problem with this press presser where, like, there was a lot of kayfabe stuff on it. There was like mm. Orange Cassidy was wheeled out there, so like, you're not going to get real, you're going to get him answering real questions. Tony Storm was wheel, wheeled out there, and she was kind of doing this Mean Girls gimmick she's currently doing, and that was pretty useless. Whereas Brian was actually quite chatty and affable, and it was quite interesting. He had him talk about being on potentially the creative team for Collision and having similar ideas to Tony and stuff. But when Steph asked about Nigel McGuinness, he switched straight into work mode. He was like, oh, he couldn't race my boots. He's been out for 15 years, which just made me think maybe that match is happening then. Maybe not at all in, but maybe it's uh, it's happening at, uh, at some point. But one thing uh, Steph did ask uh, Tony Khan on was... Uh, Firstly, is was there any update on uh, on all in tickets? Um, Tony said that sixty five thousand tickets that have moved, which we pretty much knew. Did also say that they've uh, managed to uh, to do over eight million in revenue um, at this point, which uh, Dave Meltzer interjected and uh, pointed out was uh, was the uh, the, the non WWE record and definitely the uh, the European um, record as uh, as far yeah. as revenue goes. Um, I think we kind of knew it was about sixty five thousand, didn't we, JP? At the uh, yeah at the time, but the thing I was most happy that uh, that Steph. Uh, pushed them on was asking Tony is there going to be any other shows um, on All, All, All In weekend is All In going to be AEW's UK debut or as we've talked a million times on this show could they do an ROH show obviously Collision's now been announced so will there be a Collision show on that weekend and Tony Khan pretty much outright said no JP um, and kind of answered a, a, a talking point that we've had on on this very podcast uh, many times yeah. do, you, do you want All In to be your very first show there or do you want to take advantage of the fact that there's potentially 70,000, 80,000 people in one place? And yeah, sounds like we got our answer. Yeah. And yeah, this was a conversation I think me, you, and Matty had um, like a couple of weeks ago. And I know it was one of the things that you had said is saying, like, going the right thing to do would be to mm-hmm. wait to like the first impression of people seeing AEW in this country is at Wembley Stadium, just to set that kind of big first impression. And, mm-hmm. but we never thought, and you quite, you know, quite rightly said, they're going to be really, t- they've got all these wrestling fans, they've got Ring of Honor, they could easily do Ring of Honor at Wembley Arena or something along those lines. I think even one of the dates was free on the Friday or the Saturday. Mm. But no, um, I'm really surprised by this. Because um, mm. you would have thought Collision, certainly, whether or not it would have been on the Saturday night or they would have had it on the on a Thursday They'll have to take but that it, on the Thursday before they fly out. You would yeah. assume now that must be what's happening. Must be. It'd have to be happening for that. But that's 
in and of itself, I'm glad they've done that. They've resisted the urge to do it because then it might be the case where the next time they come back, then in fact, what we will end up getting is a proper tour. And I think that mm-hmm. will be the thing. Um, because if there's anything he did say that specifically, he was like, This time, this is going to be our first one. So it's like, yeah. Okay, well, next time they come, they'll do like the smaller stuff and that. But I don't know what the end of the year, in my opinion. But yeah, easy, you could easily come back and do that. What do you think on that, Gareth? Is it worth uh, passing that opportunity up to uh, to you know, collision? Obviously, since we've all last talked, um, is obviously official now, is taking place on uh, you know. CM Punk should be returning um, for that show on the, the 17th of June and will be early into the, the lifespan of Collision by the time they come to the UK. I don't know, missed opportunity or not? Or, or do you think it's the uh, the right move? No, I'm made up, to be honest. Like, I, I just mm. feel like it wouldn't have took the specialness off Wembley, like, but mm. it would have just slightly just been take something away, I think, just to have another little show like that that weekend or, or, or run those. I just think it should all just be geared and focused on, on, on Wembley. This is your first opportunity to, to see them. That's that like big, big show. Like, so mm. I was, uh, I was, I was delighted to, uh, to hear that. And plus I want to go to a gig in Birkenhead on Friday night as well. So I didn't want them to cram something else <laughs> in there that meant, meant that yeah, I had to go to London. How many gigs do you have booked in Birkenhead? <laughs> I, had fr- I had one Friday night and Saturday night. So I've had to pick the Saturday night one. Thanks to Ref Pro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it's like, I, I appreciate as well. Oh, he was like, you know, it's obviously a, you accepted it's a festival of wrestling with Rev Pro and Progress running and stuff like that. But yeah, they're, they're saving it, saving it for that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, for, for me, it's kind of like, I think that's probably the right move um, as far as you go. But I think all in all, like it's going to be interesting. I mean, collision might not even be a thing by then. We're going to be like well, <laughs> six weeks in, so by then, you know, based on rampage, might have lost interest by then, based on uh, on what happens. <laughs> you excited for extra Saturday night AEW wrestling, uh, Matty, coming up? Well, like, like we shaved, obviously Punk's going to be there, Ben. So if he's still there, it will be you know, interesting we one think. way or another morning. Well, he's going to be, isn't he? I, I think he will be, and <laughs> yeah, it'll still be a thing by then. But I agree with what. Gareth said there, it's got to be the debut Wembley, that big mm. like spectacle of it. It's got to be. Got to mm. be. I, I think it's great news for Rev Pro. I think as mm. much as anything else, because it sets yeah. up the Rev Pro Copper Box show as the second biggest show of the weekend, which yeah. is the position it kind of deserves. And mm. it means that that will have much more of a focus on there because the only other kind of real competition at this stage, if you're not doing AW, is mm. going to be progress. Yeah. And they're set up with the stuff they're doing with the Fi at the same time, but it's really, it's like a, it's like a really lovely open path for Rev Pro mm-hmm. to kind of draw a really big house on here. I would be looking for them if they can do it is to borrow a couple of AEW people. Yeah, yeah. It might not be big. Yeah. They've got enough secret borrow. They? They, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they're really, they're really not. They're, yeah, exactly. I mean, and. That would be the thing if, if they're able to to lend a few people for it. But I think it's it's just it's good for them because it'll be the case of what other wrestling is on. That'll be the first show that gets brought up is 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 Rev Pro 11th anniversary at, at the Copper Box. Definitely. I think we I think with that though with with the Rev Pro side of things, I'd still only want it maybe like to be like four people or five people from AW on that Rev Pro show. Like even if it is like undercard people, even if it is yeah. like your your 
you, you know, whatever your private parties or whatever of people, people at that level. I reckon just like a tag match with somebody thrown into a singles. Yeah, not see some overflow of AEW been 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 in there. It's got to got to be rev got to be a rev pro show and uh, and only a, a small small number of like attractions who's going to add something but not be enormous for for me like. More Ring of Honor than, than AEW even, isn't it? Just them people. That's what I'm surprised they haven't took the yeah. opportunity for, because when early in the presser, Tony did, or Tony Bryan kind of alluded to like to the, to Nigel stuff, it was like, I could see that taking place on an ROH show, you know, on the yeah. uh, on the same weekend. Wouldn't do that at Wembley, you know, and we're we're not we're not getting dragged into another ten minutes of <laughs> should the British wrestler be at Wembley. No. 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 Jamie Hayes has done. Perfect. Yeah. Will Ospreay, maybe. We've had that conversation. But like, you know, that that was kind of, you know, the, the, the conversation really. And I was like, oh well, maybe that could that could fit for that for like a smaller thing. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they'll come back, maybe they'll do uh, you know, ROH later on. It could be a good base to come over and do like, you know, big shows. You could lean into that history, you know, from Liverpool. But mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a good sign that they're gonna be, you know, a little bit rigid with this and a little bit, you know, I don't know, just um just think of rather than just throwing everything at it and you know that that being like an easy win as far as the smaller shows being disciplined about it i think um mm. makes sense but i'll just want to say quickly before we do move on and we do talk about the pay-per-view i mean we've said all there is to say in it but like anything from you gareth on collision you're looking, you're looking forward to it at least at least on sunday mornings you won't have to update <laughs> yeah. the collision, so. it would have been an extra job for you every week that although i know you would have uh Love doing that with uh, <laughs> with Punk being on the show, but uh, it is official now, and it does seem like Punk is is going to be there after uh, we we released the uh, the Punk special last week, where people will have uh, heard our thoughts on that. Seems like it's all settled down now. Was there uh, was there ever any ever any doubt for you, Gareth? I mean, to me, it just felt like collisions happening. CM Punk's going to be on there. It just felt like it was yeah. it was it just felt like it was a no brainer. It was just something that was going to going to be be fact really sort of thing and even with all the little wranglings in the background there's always that part i mean that there always feels like it's a work you know as matty knows that i will yeah. think as well so there's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on in there, uh, there that you're looking at and they're just going oh they just want to create that element of doubt and things Creating like that and just, day, you know totally. just keep everyone talking about it is it happening is it not going to happen and, and then when it does it just makes it that bigger uh bigger thing and if CM Punk's going to be the main feature of that show there's less chance of it going down the fucking rampage hole as well isn't the kind of thing you know you know it's going to be well booked it's got a genuine fucking superstar on the show and stuff like that so it's given it its best chance of succeeding as well so it it can't be shit We'll get you on One, to do an analysis at some point, Gareth. We'll do the year on year of uh, how quickly <laughs> Rampage's numbers went down the tubes, uh, how quickly they uh, they took the foot off the gas with that, and we'll compare it to the the first month of what they do uh, with Collision. Um, last thing on but, that, what are you expecting from Collision, JP? What do you think? What do you think, like you know, numbers wise, where's that fit on a Saturday? I honestly, I don't think it's. I think it's going to struggle around half a million. I think it's going to end up around that rampage level unless, and this is the thing actually I wanted asked as I, I haven't seen absolutely everything at the press conference of the Brian stuff and the Tony Khan mm. stuff afterwards, but did anyone ask about, will collision have a different feel to it at all? Will there be a different creative? And that's, and that for me is the crucial thing. If it looks basically, if they want it to be like dynamite, it'll end up looking like rampage. It has mm. to feel very, very different. And they need to play into the fact that you've got all the problem children in one place. It should be a chaotic, wild place, Definitely. is what it should be, full of these really disagreeable types 
who've been dumped on this place like it's the fucking Hunger Games. And they're just fighting it out for kind of supremacy. <laughs> but effectively, obviously without the death, if I can just throw that into it. I'm not interested in seeing that. I want to watch snuff films on Saturday nights. Although it has a nice kind of twang to it. It is it is a thing where I think as a show, I think it's going to be around half a million. Mm. I mean, I think the first show will do kind of better. But even then, I don't even know what the competition will be. Because, yeah, like I say, that Saturday night one, they're going to be moving around so much on there. Mm. I mean... Yeah, the the NBA will be finished by then. But yeah, and if it if it looks and feels different to Dynamite and different to Rampage, I'm not talking about radically different, but at least you get the feeling of like there's a different viewpoint on this show. Mm. Then I I think there's there is some kind of potential on it. If it isn't, and it just feels like Dynamite, then yeah, I just don't see it working. That that's what I want. And that, that ties into obviously the pay per view we're about to talk about. Like, I want Collision to just refresh things a little bit. I almost feel like you look at that. I think we talked about it, JP. That roster without Punk on it was pretty lacking, at least as far as star quality goes, as far as like, you know, just, you know, good wrestlers there, you know, up and, up and down that poster. But though it was really, it, you need Punk as that hook. And it seems like they've got it now. But on top of that, the, the positive that poster shows and the positive of bringing back your Miros and, and people like that, for me, it's going to feel a bit more like, I don't know, like early days of AEW. It's kind of what I want, like less is more, because like as we get into the kind of get into this pay-per-view, AEW is such an overstuffed company right now, isn't it? Like as far uh-huh. as like, because Tony mentioned it in the presser, you know, he was like, oh, we're uniquely placed because we've got all these wrestlers. It's like, yeah, because you've got no discipline when it comes to signing people and there's 4,000 wrestlers on your card. Like, you've got no discipline either when it comes to booking your finishes because, like, as we're going to get into with this pay-per-view, there was, like, six different matches that had 14 people interfering because that's what you do, you know, to keep your stories going and uh, with a Z at the end. And it, like, ties into this pay-per-view as well. It's like, that was my biggest thing watching it, watching that Battle Royal. It was like, Looking at the talent up and down in that battle royal, Joking. and no matter what you think about some of the individuals in there and what that you know, it's like I was looking at it going, I almost wish this was a less busy company because I want to, I want to see like a you know Phoenix is just a face in that battle royal. I'd love to. I'm at the, the AEW where someone like him could be third from top or even second from top on a pay per view is gone. There's no space for that. You know, Swerve Strickland, Jay White, Pentagon, even Bandito. Pick your, pick your name from the list of people who are in that Battle Royal. I'm actually hopeful that, like, Collision's maybe going to create that space that, like, yeah, you've got a bit more time. Things can breathe a little bit more, and people that you might not expect can be given that little bit more focus, I think, because that's, I don't know, we can get into the pay-per-view. That's, for me, what AW kind of lacks as, as a broad strokes thing, Gareth, I think, going into this pay-per-view. I just think this this show, I mean, we, we said it a million times, like Forbidden Door, how many times did we have a go at the build to Forbidden Door and go, you know, they're trying to fill a bit, put a billion wrestlers on the show, trying to, like, do too much, but the pay-per-view itself came and went and was great. This time, I don't even think you can say that. I think this is probably... Mm-hmm. The least interested I've been in an, in an AW like build to a pay per view and just overall TV, and then at the end of the day, the least good a show has been. This is way down there in the in the list of AW shows for me, and it's like it's weird. It's like there's two parts of my brain. There's the part that's really not connected with what AW are doing right now for all of those reasons, and there's the part of me that's excited for a collision as a possible solution. That's excited for all in at the end of the year. That's excited for Punk to come back. But like I don't know, this whole period felt like one that 
we just needed to get through more than anything. Yeah, it definitely had that feel to it. I think like when I was, you know, going into, you know, just like watching the last couple of shows just before the the, the pay-per-view, it was literally the, it was the Black Bill Combat Club Elite storyline that I was genuinely excited for that. But that was the only thing on the show that I was genuinely excited about, like, you know, going into a pay-per-view. Whereas I think previously you've always had that, like, I don't know, there's been that headline match, whether it's your world title match or big match, but there's always been like three or four things like underneath it that you've had something kind of going into it that you're feeling like, oh, I'm just looking forward to seeing them two in the ring together or the culmination of that that they've built quite well like over the previous stories. Whereas, yeah, this this just definitely just felt a little bit off and there wasn't much there to to, to hook you really beyond that, that main event and like almost like when he was sitting down to, you know, as you sort of almost like going through the card as you're, just about to watch it and you're like yeah 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 yeah," kind of thing and you know you're you're going through and like yeah give it a chance kind of thing and try and you know approach it open-minded and see what see what comes out of it but even something there like you know you pick something like a christian and wardlow that just feels like something where yeah i'm invested in christian but that just felt like hot shotted to fuck kind of thing like it was just suddenly this thing it was like hang about didn't five minutes ago power house Hobbs have the belt and suddenly it's like no now wardlow's got the belt back and he's just suddenly having this feud with christian and things it, it, loads of stuff there just felt like they were just like quickly putting pieces of the jigsaw together at the at, right at the right at the end to to make something of it and that's never a never a good sign is it you know when you've got somebody who's supposedly got this uh long-term booking spreadsheet that's all detailed out and you know everything like that you know mm. clearly you must have hidden a few columns or something mm. it's such a i completely agree with what you guys have, have said it's such a disjointed show in mm. there like i think this is the interesting thing about this we're going to talk obviously many shows over this weekend from all of the kind of big companies in wrestling pretty much and in all of them, in some ways, you can see strengths, but you can also see the weaknesses, the key, the key kind of glaring weaknesses. And I think that the company was most exposed for that this weekend was AEW, because effectively, like it felt like there was the battle royal opener, which was fine, mm. but my God, just like what felt like just dirge, just mm. like a, a stuff happening for a couple of hours, give or take. Some of it quite long, had intermittently good moments for it. But effectively, if this didn't have two really good matches on top, which as matches, they, they were very good. Regardless, we're not talking necessarily the storyline for the four-way and the world title. But that's mm. the kind of thing. I mean, Christ, that's the thing that kind of held it together. And normally AEW shows, the thing you could hang your hat on is there'll be some interesting matches in the middle. But instead, this... And you said it best, like we, we were talking about this on the weekend show and you were talking about this with SP3 as well on True Heel Heat. Just like, we need to get through this cycle because this yep. cycle, you look through all the stories there, they're all pretty turgid. None mm. of which are kind of exciting combinations of people. There are so many, what really bothers me in this company, you mentioned Phoenix on there. You think of all these interesting matchups you could have and it's like we get virtually none of them. In These interesting matchups between people that we haven't really had on here whether it's, I don't know, Malachi Black and I, I'm trying to think of a fucking name here. I, I, I don't know, Adam. Because you, can, you can't Chris. think of an interesting match that Malachi yeah, Black could be in. No, but there's people <laughs> he hasn't faced who we've never had the chance to see it, but he doesn't ever feel like we're ever going to kind of get round to it as well. And it's so, so much as, well, exactly. Yeah. They're so overstuffed with all of these people as well. And there's matches on here like, I, I, and I think like the, 
the real sign is when I saw that Jericho Adam Cole match. Mm. And I was just like, Christ, I was booked. Because I started watching this. It must have been half past five on the Sunday morning when I woke up my son. And by God, I was struggling to stay awake and I was meant to be feeding him as well. And mm. so it's like, I can't really fall asleep at this point in time because it felt quite dull for a long period. Mm. And, you know, I almost had to watch bits of it again today to go, am I being unfair? Am I being a dick about this? And it's just like, I came back to watching it going, no, I feel pretty generally on the whole by this, uninspired by this booking cycle. And it may get better, but yeah, God, this this roster needs streamlining. Yeah, it was it was rough. I mean, I I enjoy. I thought the battle royal was great, but it was a distant memory by the time we got to the last two matches on the show, and that was the issue, you know. And I, this show was missing to me like a just an interesting singles match, a good singles yeah. match without a load of bollocks in it. Because like we watched this live and we met together, and like yeah. it's not often you stay up for like a, an AEW these days. <laughs> Worst possible one to try and drag you to uh, a yeah. to watch again with us live because like it was such a long those those last two matches I've seen people rave about like massively rave about and maybe it was just bec- having sat through the paper all that way and having to wait that long for them to get there maybe it was a lack of investment in them because the you know I just wasn't invested in the four way just didn't you know connect for all the million reasons me and JP have said week on week about how bad that story was going into the pay-per-view so yes the lads were having a great match in front of me but I didn't really care I didn't really care about who wins and then even the main events I thought you know a lot of, lot, lot of great plunder a lot of creative spots but another one that for me suffered from the lack of quality control on the show because how many other matches on the show had a load of people getting involved brawling this is it. You know, Sabu went through a table earlier in the show you know, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't an anarchy in the arena Wardlow dived off the top of a ladder you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> through two tables it was just as you say Ben sorry to cut you off there. It, it was long yeah. mate it was it was just that Jericho, as JP said, Adam Cole match set the tone for how fucking long that was. That was like, mm. it was so boring for a non-sanctioned match as well, wasn't it? It was just like, yeah. <laughs> and the finish, I know I've seen you slating the finish better being on the daily update as well. Bad, wasn't it? That finish. For a kicking too much, that was a pure WWE kicking too much ass finish in an unsanctioned match. Unsanctioned, yeah. <laughs> But like that was bad, but the work was bad in that match. Like throughout, I thought Cole was bad. I thought Jericho was. He just didn't click. The idea. Panama Sunrise, like a sunset flick, wasn't it? Was he like? It was just what was Sabu doing out there? Like you know, like that was random as fuck on Dynamite, and then he went from the ref was to be in the yeah. enforcer. But wasn't yeah, that was what, what was never said? I don't know, you know. Jim Ross thought he was the ref. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and people are going to blame Jim, but that's the way it's presented. How's he, you know what I mean? We don't know. How's he going to know? You know, it's mad. Oh. Crazy behaviour. And it was never going to live up because of the anarchy in the arena later on. It was never going to live up to any kind of standards uh, mm. for it as well. And... Yeah, it was. It's second match on the card, and that's that was death yeah. for him and Kevin Owens before, and it was death here for this. It was. We got the mixed tag on Wednesday now, boys. Today we heat oh, that up, haven't we? <laughs> the, the point I wanted to raise about this, I was watching this, I was going, I don't know if Jericho, Jericho is a top line heel. Sorry, has has it anymore? I just don't think it's it's plausible. He needs to wind it down. Incredible. There's a part of me which thinks he really needs to be part-time. He can't be part of the Jericho Appreciation Society because it's it's just the idea of him being a focus at this point in time when we're going into year five of this company. 
his job was for the first two to three years. I keep him on telling this, people, but not having I'll keep him on telling Dare I say it, and I know if you're wanting to have him around the place and you want to work him into a storyline later, that's why you put him as a commentator for a while on, say, a collision, and you have him doing that. And then he gets dragged into an angle as the older veteran who gets dragged out by some young cookie. And I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with him staying. He's never going to let it go, though, JP. Is he no, bad ego? He's never going to just... You know. And therein lies the problem. Because we see what happens with necessarily, like, like in, in terms of the ego of storylines going past its sell-by date. And as soon as I saw the stuff backstage, I just yes. went, oh, so we're carrying this on then, are we? Which has been the fatal flaw in every Chris Jericho feud, really, since he's been... The Jericho Appreciation Society have been there as a group. It, it's yeah. it, it, just actively bad stuff. And Adam Cole does not get... You don't feel any heat for him coming off of this, do you? You weren't made yeah. up to see it, to see him get his revenge for that big angle the other week, was you? At I all. Couldn't give, I couldn't have given yeah. a shit. <laughs> this it, was, it was just dull, wasn't it? It was just yeah. so dull Boring, think, for this type of match. like, and, and you just didn't feel any kind of like juice in between them kind of thing. Like There was just not... Like it just felt like any random random match. I thought I, I thought it was fucking awful. This like I really really hated it. It was abs- absolute crap. And then like you just think for it to be just get honestly, it was it was absolute crap. Like this was one of the ones where I was like I, w- I was going like two stars kind of in my head when I was watching it, and I was thinking I might be an arsh here, and I was thinking I think I'm in, I think I'm in over the top here with two stars. It was rubbish, absolute crap. And then like you just like you're looking at it and you're just thinking like. This is like because I'd enjoyed that battle royal as well as you said, Benno. But this is how you're opening the show. This is how, like, this is where they've gone. Like, all right, let's set the tone for the evening now. First singles match kind of thing, and these two come out and just like fucking. I thought the crowd like went. The fans like, were silent as well. Yeah, they were fucking hit the floor with this, like the because they didn't start out too bad in that battle royal, and then they this fucking battle royal. Really and I don't think yeah. they got. Them. I don't think the crowd came back for another hour in this show. I um, think it's fucking absolutely killed the crowd as, as well. You've, ne- and there's a couple- you've nailed something, because as well, it lasted about an hour. That was the other problem with it. They're like, time stood still. It was like, only was 19 just- minutes, though, weren't it? I've seen that before. It was 19 How? minutes. It felt like, like 39, genuinely. Yeah. No, and do you know what else? That fucking, with that fire extinguisher that took fucking about yes. half an hour to set up, and then Jericho had to sit there staring down the fucking thing of the fire extinguisher before it went off in his face. I was just like, just turn your head, mate. You, you, could, you could read the paper and then turn your head here. How long this is fucking taken? Like, it's, oh, it's just so poorly executed. Oh, like, things like that. Like, he's, he just needs to fucking have a break. Just give it up for a bit. Because, <laughs> like, when I, when I saw his family in the crowd, I thought maybe he's going to, I thought maybe there's going to be some, like, angle here at the end where Jericho gets an injury or something like that and then they can take him off TV with his family around him. But no, nothing. No, no such luck. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what? They'll end up being the big takeaway from this, and it's mentioned in the chat as well. You had mentioned it on here, which is what's the chance that Chris Jericho isn't on second at Wembley, but he bloody well opens that show. He'll be in the first match there on Wembley, won't he? That comes for out Judas, for the Judas. Of course, he will do. Yeah, he better and, not be in the last. Yeah, and, <laughs> and if he wants to, and the problem is for someone who's very stock in trade on their image, is making sure that they are ahead of the curve in terms of various, like being ahead of, of trends and stuff within wrestling. He feels very, very passe, very, very, very passe at the moment. Mm. And there's nothing really, this Jericho appreciation that I was thinking about it from the inner circle is really, it's the same shtick. 
all over. We've had the same shtick now for a while, and it feels just changing your nickname, being the wizard one minute and the pain maker the next, doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking mean anything. And his feuds rapidly aren't meaning anything, and people aren't getting over as a Everyone result. Everyone comes out less over, like a Ricky Starks come out. Battle yeah. it, it's, it's just madness. Ricky Starks had to get had to have is having to almost have some kind of rehab to him on the base of beating Jericho. How has that happened? I say this is not somebody who's like a Chris Jericho hater, but like this is the yeah, thing. Supremely because, fucking bored of him. I don't think it's as black and white because I think you know there's definitely been moments the last year where Jericho has looked really good. You know, there's been there were matches last year that were mm. great matches. You know, you have to go back a little way to like the Eddie Kingston match and stuff like that. That was great. He has he absolutely can on his day turn it on and make everyone go. Oh, Jericho can still go. And then he or he'll always drag you back down to earth and remind you when he has a match like this. And the the problem is he's got, you know, you can tell he's one of and it's probably a good thing that he's got that amount of power that he has he seems to have autonomy over his stories. Like for as messy as a lot of the other things happen on the show, the one thing you can say about Jericho's stuff is he's gonna be on the show every week, his feud's gonna get time, and the feuds are gonna come to their conclusion. Unfortunately, this is just one of the ones where it's had time. It's had a relatively logical build. It's just not been that good or interesting because Adam Cole came back red hot and, you know, he's been put with heat vampire Chris Jericho, who, you know, and it's just not the most interesting thing Adam Cole could do. And he's just been pulled. Well, to be fair as well, mm. he is 52, isn't he? So he is going to catch up with you at some point when yeah. you're trying to keep up with everyone. So, you know, you've got to give him a bit there, but he should realise this yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's it. I think the, the hits he's had have gone to his head. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, totally. He's an egotist at the best of times, like, but like that's a hundred percent what's happened. And, and you say he's on the show every week, Benno. This show that's doing double digit year on year declines. <laughs> Get him off <laughs> the show. <laughs> I was thinking that punk match in it too, Benno. You got to look so, forward to. I mean, we we've gone straight to the Jericho match. I mean, mm. I know we should mention about the the battle royal well, as well. I was going to link it, JP, because yeah. I think the link there is. To your point, Jericho is Jericho is in a featured singles match, getting his Jericho feud off because there's always a Jericho verse going on. Like in the like in the old days of AEW, there was a Cody verse, a Bucks verse, a Jericho verse, and a Kenny verse. The one that's continued consistently is the Jericho verse. He's all right. Ricky Starks in a fucking battle royal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, if you want to be like, oh no, 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 we Ricky. Yeah, I'm gonna say Gareth with me. <laughs> What's the issue? <laughs> but it says everything, doesn't it? That's that's your link there. But I I will say I've got to give you know we're starting off on a, on a real negative. I did really think that battle royal was great. I'm not sure I agree with all this. The greatest battle royal ever stuff, mm. but it was very well put together. Some really creative spots in there. I thought Swerve Strickland, who might be another one of Gareth's few boys. I thought he was the star of this thing along with Orange Cassidy, and there was a lot of great talent in there, which. Like I said earlier, is also a bit of a negative, but it was very well done. It was as good a battle royal as I can remember seeing, at least in in recent vintage. I agree. Like it was, it was a start of the show. Like it was one mm. of them where it came off the end of it, and I thought, oh, I love that. There was like loads of good. You know, you talk about like maybe the overbloated roster, but it meant that actually the people who were in this. It wasn't your Alex Reynolds and things like that of this world. You know, it was people who have got a bit of cachet about them sort of thing. So it did kind of feel a bit like going into it. Like I expected Orange Cassidy to lose a belt. I thought it was probably going to be a decent way for him to drop the belt without getting beat was to, you know, to lose in a, lose in a battle royal. And I was like literally looking around and thinking, 
it could be in, it could be in, it could be, you know, there was like five or six options there kind of thing, which, which is always good when you, when someone feels a bit unpredictable and um, that, you know, that side of thing, I thought, I thought like the, um, you know, a, a lot of the people in there that you probably want to look like a, a bit more of a star over and above some of the ones in there did kind of thing that, you know, came across well, you know, Ricky Starks had some good spots. Obviously, Juice and Jay Robinson had some decent bits in there. Big Bill looked fucking cool as fuck. Oh, like yeah. it. Uh, I'm glad for the Big Bill gag. Yeah, the one yeah. yeah. one's done on Big Bill. I like it because he's fucking oh, sound. Yeah, you know, like it, 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 again, something different, something jumping out a bit, a, a bit different there. But the only thing for me was fucking Orange Cassidy hanging onto the belt because, like, as over as he is, like. He beats everybody. He kicks out of everybody's finishers. He goes in the battle world with 20 fucking stars and he still comes out on top kind of thing. Like, it's just like, he's like Hogan in the 80s. He's yeah. just like fucking, unbe- <laughs> is, is it unbeatable? He, all, he always comes out on the at the top with his belt. And I'm just a bit like, I thought like, come on, surely, you know, and you saying there about me and Swerve, like, I'm not as, like, I'm not a Swerve, I'm not a guy who thinks Swerve Strickland's going to be like a absolute main eventer or something like that. But he has his, mm-hmm. you know, damn right, he's a good heel for a mid-card act heel. Like, I thought he should yeah, have been walking out of this with the belt. Like, it, 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 that, that last thing, I was thinking, good, he deserves. Like, it, I expected he was going to win at the end, and I was like, oh, good, he deserves this. And then he, like, loses in that way, and I was like, oh. Like that's AW's good at AW a bit like kind of a bit there with the 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 finish there like he just it just sort of felt mm-hmm. a bit like I'd enjoyed the the match all the way through and then just that finish just knocked things a bit flat for me <laughs> to, to to be honest I was I was ready I was there for the the title change I was personally I'm less bothered about Orange Cassidy maintaining the the title frankly I mean, I've enjoyed the title reign it's been really good fun mm-hmm. this for me though and this is part of the problem. You could get away with main eventing an episode of Dynamite or something with a, a, a match like this, and you tell a show long storyline of of Orange Cassidy coming in, having to go through the odds to kind of defeat it. It's the idea of do you need this on the pay per view, or would ultimately I prefer to see Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland on the back of something like this. Instead. Which I think we'll get. And, I think which I think, I think I think you will. Do. I think they will do. They will get to it. Have you wrestled I mean, Big Bill as well? That could be another one. That that could be one. Because yeah, that the jeans, lads. Yeah, <laughs> I said that jeans on a pole. I said that oh. on the night, didn't I? Put the, <laughs> the jeans on a pole first once again. Why is Big Bill so good? What is he just? He, I think it's, he just stands out, doesn't he? In AEW, like oh, there's just a lot of talent in Battle Royal. He's away and from Enzo. Was, yeah, he worked out, and yeah. he was better in Impact, particularly towards JP. the end. Eddie the Edwards match, got out of him. And Eddie Edwards got a couple of great yeah. matches out of him in there. He done well to get and go. And he in. worked. Yeah, purely. And he because when he came back like a Ring of Honor and even in WWE at points, he looked, mm. dare I say it, a bit flabby, like in terms of his physique and stuff. And that's just got all gone out the window. He and wasn't working properly in yeah, his pants. He was got his working boots on, he did. Yeah, it just feels like he's kind of he's just decided to step it up a bit for it as well. And but there's so many you look at the difference between like him and like uh like uh Brian Cage in the match, you like Brian Cage, as I always say about him, you've seen him once, you've seen him like you don't ever need to see two Brian Cage yeah. matches. But like Brian Cage has got no instinct at all. Like Brian Cage is in there getting gorilla <laughs> pressed by Bandido. <laughs> whereas like I do think Cass has got that little big bill has got that thing about him where maybe it's the WWE training, which can be a massive negative, but like he protects who he is as a big guy, like he's different than everyone else in the match, so he should wrestle. 
differently to everybody else in the match. It's simple stuff. But in AEW, he can really stand out. And again, in a less cluttered promotion, I'd love to see him get like a you know a bit of a, a focus from it. And I never would have said that. Man, when Brian came back and he put him in a few with them, I was yeah. one of the people up in arms about it. Um, yeah. Complete 180 for me. Very much enjoyed him in this. Here's, here's a thought. Why don't you just have him as MJF's bodyguard? As crazy yeah. an idea of it is, he would be perfect for that spot as the absolute shit kicker. And then you can have him against Wardlow at some point. And Wardlow sent him, I used to be in that spot as well. You know, there are fun little angles and direct. He didn't need to be an over-push commodity on it, but used no. in that. But you can say that about so many other people in that match. That was the thing. But yeah, it was a fun, well done battle roll, but it should be, you know, with the talent that they, they kind of had out there is, is probably more the point. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the section of the card after this one, we can probably like talk as a as a job lot. Like we had FTR against Jeff and Jay, um, which I do have a lot to say about the, the Wardlow Christian ladder match kind of came at this point, And that was into the Jamie Hayter and, uh, and Tony Storm match. But this was the point where, to Gareth's point, I think the this is where the crowd was gone. I feel like the Jericho Cole match was responsible for it a lot, mm. but like this didn't feel like watching. I I got a lot of enjoyment out of certain things here, like specifically Jeff and Jay and the lads. <laughs> I don't know why. Like uh, like uh, like our good friend uh, Richard the uh, the torch will say it's a it's a hat on a hat on a hat. This stable, you know, you can they, they just continuously add random elements to it, including now Karen Jarrett. Add that to Sat and I'm Sing. Add that to Jeff and Jay Lethal doing wacky things. Something about it really works. I found it really entertaining, but. I'm not sure if it was pay-per-view worthy. I don't know. Like it was just a it was a weird portion of the card. This like where it was just, I don't know, maybe it was the lack of crowd. And to be fair, Jeff and Jay and the lads did drag them into it, kicking and streaming uh, eventually. But like, yeah, something about this was like I was watching it going, this doesn't feel like an AW pay-per-view right now. Did it feel like we were killing time in this match until all the kind of funny bullshit towards the end? The guitar shot to Aubrey, which was phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. When Karen Jarrett lamped Aubrey Edwards with the guitar, I pissed myself Mm -hmm. laughing. Unbelievable stuff. Genuine, and the crowd completely woke up. Then Mm -hmm. from like from that those points towards the end when it was absolutely wacky, but. Yeah, you this could have was, shaved the fifteen before it. Uh, Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This didn't need to be more than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, Jarrett and Jay Lethal aren't going to lose anything if this match is mm-hmm. ten minutes long, and he really could have been, and you could have still had all the same kind of fun in it. It didn't need to drag on for as long as it as it did, and it's also the fact that, and I saw this mentioned about FTR don't actually have that many kind of what feel like big tag matches as much anymore, and this isn't one of them. And we've had them and the guns, and it feels like it's like, well, are they going to defend against, I don't know, the Bucks? Are they going to show an interest in the Well, JP, they shot that angle, well. didn't they? With uh, Juice and Jay White backstage, they shaved uh, Starks, didn't they? So that's probably what they're going to do. Makeshift tag teams. Yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next yeah, one. Which, Jay White coming in and challenging for the AEW tag roles, it. It's like, <laughs> and the other guys there to take the pin. Yeah. No, I can't get excited by that in the slightest. Yeah. I mean, I mean for this match, I mean, this was probably the, like, like I say, I'd probably go three stars for it. A lot of that is towards the end where I think it was like a lot of fun and it mm. threw itself like kind of into it. The idea of Mark Briscoe getting hit with a guitar and then staying down for like about 10 minutes. And I just think I've seen this lad take <laughs> as many unprotected chair shots as anything, which he just no sells. So this is just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you've said what I think about this. I mean, as I look at my notes here, it literally says, "Fast forward to the last five minutes." You know, that's what I've that, that's what I've written here. There's, it just felt it was a, just a it felt like this was a rampage main event or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it was worked like that as well. Like it wasn't worked like it was a pay per view match. It was it was to, totally at that level and just I don't know. There should be more happen. Like when you've gone through this thing of getting the belts on FTR, like they have. There should be more there than there is. And like this just it just felt like yeah. so throwaway. And to be honest, if I was you two lads sort of watching there live, after watching the Jericho match and then watching this one, I'd have been tapping out, I'd have been going to bed straight, like no way would I have been staying up the Honestly, those two just would have just finished me off completely. If I was watching it, it and I, I would have went to bed and let the lads stay up in the living room for sure, yeah. <laughs> the love of Jeff carries us through, surely, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was it was hilarious that as we said there. That last like five minutes were genuinely funny. That guitar shot was great, and yeah, FTR. Did, did you see that uh, thing on Twitter today where the FTR guy was looking for the belt to give to the referee, but it was on his waist? Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've yeah. all done that with our phone, though, haven't we? Where's the phone? And you're on it. You're looking at your yeah. pocket. <laughs> That's what it's like. We've all done that. <laughs> well, it turns up in like the cupboard or something. Or yeah. Like, how the fuck did I put that there? <laughs> I'm like that with my glasses. I'm always walking around looking for my glasses, and I've got them on. Glad <laughs> to get an older. Um, well, yeah. Any thoughts then on Wardlow Christian, which followed it? I mean, this this kind of summed up the pay per view for me. It's like again, like Jeff, love Christian. Be probably my two favorite guys in AEW with a heavy dose of irony there, or maybe none. Um, back to back, I enjoyed that element of it. But even this, it was like, why was this a ladder match again? It was like, oh, oh, it was a ladder match because Warlow can do a swanton. That was purely like, and he wanted to do a ladder match with Christian. Like, it didn't need, this was another one of it being overstuffed and it being a, a lack of discipline here. Like, it, it felt like a cool match that didn't really earn the stip that it got. And then there were a couple of fun spots in it, but I absolutely could have trimmed this from the show and not really missed anything. And that's me being, you know, 2023 Ben, I was a big Christian guy too. Um, I can't believe it. Still. For me. There wasn't much going on here. But you can I just say you said before though, Benno, and that's one of my biggest takes from this pay per view. You like you had the unsanctioned match, you'd have Brit mm-hmm. and everyone running in. You know what I mean? It with Sabu at the start. Then you'd have the tag match with Karen and Orby and everyone running. Then you'd mm-hmm. have this with Arn Anderson and Luchasaurus running in. Yeah, three matches in a row with like proper full on interference. It was like yeah, it's just that, too much. If even I, me who doesn't mind interference at all, I can't you know. see the um, prosthetic finger being a spot you enjoy, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable that wasn't it? There was like, and the blood, like, there was just blood everywhere, wasn't there? Yeah. Like, all in arms, back of his head, the year, year, and all this. You're like, well, how's that, how, that got there? And like, it just, it was excellent. Like he'd had a big kebab with chili sauce all over his mouth, where he got and he was mo- he was moving like he'd had about fifteen pints, and he was on the hunt for a kebab as well. Like he he's, him and he's out there. He's old now. Like if he's cut trying to do it, it's you know keep him out of there. You know what I mean? Just the, let him talk. The bits where know? he had to jog or move fast and things. Yeah. You're just like pff, he doesn't doesn't need to be there. But a point I was just going to make there is like where you're talking about that interference, and it ties back into the. Um, point that we were just making about like the the bad booking probably going into it i think someone that just like really came into my head as i was getting to this point was like so hang about we've had a battle royal we've had an unsanctioned match we've had a special ref we've had a ladder match we're going to go on we're going to have a house of black rules we're going to have a four-way we're going to have an anarchy 
nothing says lazy booking where we haven't put storylines in place like we need a gimmick for that, a gimmick for that, a gimmick for that, a gimmick for that, a gimmick. Literally every match on this card had to have some kind of like prop to be a reason for the match and to be taken it's not promoting like that, and, is it? Like and, an extreme and, rules to say, you know what you get going in. It's not announced like it's going to be like that. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that was it with this. And I mean, I'm, I'm probably a bit higher on that match than, than, than you, Benno, there, that Wardlow-Christian Cage match. I did... I did really enjoy it. There was some like, you know, good spots, you know, in there. I liked the whole Christian using his cunning and things like that to just like get out of situations and stuff that Wardlow was trying to, you know, obviously, you know, doing setups and things like that with the ladders. But Christian was always kind of like one step ahead of him and stuff. I loved that because it just fits in perfectly with who Christian is as a character and stuff. Like I, I, I really enjoyed that. There was, you know, there was some cool spots, like, like you say, the ladder, you know, Swanton. I really like that gorilla press airplane spin that Wardlow did, where he then just like fucked him onto the ladder. As like that was that was great. That was great as well. That's good stuff there. But again, it was it was one of those. It did like you know this could have been. It, I enjoyed it. It was good, it, and I thought it was good. But with an extra two months build behind it, it could have been like absolutely up there like going to it just to me it just felt a bit like why are these fighting again kind of thing i just don't know I, and, and and why you know like you say why is it a ladder match was... he did nail that swanton though uh, didn't oh, he like perfection beauty. it was beautiful that's the way they'll describe it as gareth definitely <laughs> if it he was. that was the one thing about this match that i thought kind of ended up saving it was they managed to get a moment where yeah, if, if they did what WWE did, which is a quite canny move to end on a montage, so you make people feel good about the show they've just watched, you put the Swanton in, and you go, "Oh yeah, it was a cool moment," while forgetting about what a shit show this match developed into a point with the ladder and everything else, and yeah, the thumb, yeah. and Arn Anderson, <laughs> and all of that stuff. It just like as stupid as a lot of that stuff was. And the fact, like Gareth mentioned as well, it was just like, we're going straight into a ladder match for no reason. But then you mm. could say the same thing about so many, many other things on the card. I mean, it's still, you know, he did the Swanton, he got the pop, but I'm still zero confidence. I just still can't, every time I talk about Wardlow, or he, I still can't believe it. Michael. Gareth, Michael. From that, when we, I always go back to when me and you went cracking a state agent and he did really well in The Apprentice that series he was on. We done that show, didn't we, Gareth? And we were like, he he just beat MJF, he just squashed him, he was over every week killing people. Everyone wanted to see beat the shit out of MJF. Go and push him on, put him in the world title, just give him a do anything with him. And now his ears cut, he looks different, his gear's awful, his music's yep. awful. He just doesn't he look like the same person. He does, he does, and this is exactly your point, Matty. Exactly a year on, I was in the yeah. building this time. Matthew, there yeah. you go, the same pay per view, same venue when they yeah. did the MJF match. Like different world, isn't it? <laughs> it's a, and as I've said before, like you forgot he was the champion, Hobbs had it, it flip flopped the title so much. Just mm. madness. Hopefully now they can try and do something more like better with them, but I don't know if they will. The trying, I, I think yeah. the trying, but the fucked it. I think it's just like you can't. What is it? You know, you can't put like lightning. You know, lightning in the bottle yeah. once or twice, kind of like. Yeah, it, it ain't. Yeah, that that you know all that. That was the moment. They had that moment yeah, they, 12, they really 12, did, 12, 12 months ago, and you can't yeah. you can't go back to it because people don't give a fuck about him as much as they, they don't care. He's just a guy now. He's just absolutely just a guy. Good shout, that. Definitely. 
Well, from there, we went to, uh, like I say, the next bit of the point for you, which was uh, the Jamie Hater Tony Storm quote unquote match, which was basically an angle which led into the uh, the six man match, which absolutely could have just done with not being on the show whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but any thoughts on the, on the Jamie Hater Tony Storm stuff? I was surprised the match even took place. Matt, you had a bet on uh, on Tony, didn't you? So you I've got to uh, give Kirby property one of the only times I'd give him it. The, the morning of the show, we explained yeah. that the uh, injury was legit and he booked it, which is probably what's going to happen now. It's better, hater, winning the belt at Wembley, isn't it, than going in as yeah. champion. So it makes perfect total sense, this. So, this yeah, I did have me £5 free bet on Tony Storm to win. <laughs> so I, I was only half shocked he went with Tony. I thought he might just rip things up and somehow Brit ends up champion and then we get that match at Wembley or somehow, not that I love it. Storm's worth a lot then, and she and stuff. So that yeah. make, that, that's a make, make sense, that match, like... But that, I think everyone's in agreement that that's got to be the end game now. Okay, Jamie yeah. H is going to be out in you for a bit. It's a shoulder injury, so presumably she'll be back around Wembley and you pull the trigger then and make that your big Wembley moment. It's a layup. Watch them not do it. It'll be something with Soraya instead. <laughs> Somehow was the baby face or something. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's go into that. Oh. Perfect That's... bit of business, this. Perfect. I, I love this. Yeah. This was like yeah, it, this it was, was one of my favourite. It was rather than someone just relinquishing a title or something like that. The, the whole way this was all mapped out, I was just brilliant, perfect. <laughs> like it was, it was the first huge, huge tick on the show that I put. That I put. It was brilliant. Loved it. Yeah, and it was shorter than everything else. And say so the actual match itself was like three minutes. The beatdown wasn't more than a couple of minutes beforehand. Like I really appreciated that. Um, yeah. it, the money, the, the the steam is in the chase. She gets to talk yeah. about how she didn't properly get to lose the title. She was injured. Yeah. And she's going for the hometown victory. It's better for that. The real question is, do you have that? Re- do you have Tony Storm hold on to it? Which she doesn't feel big enough to do that for me because it feels I like would. she's our Soraya, Britt Baker or Jade Cargill. And I get the impression Jade, Jade Cargill is going to be coming back as a face anyway, but I think she's away for a little while. So I'm not quite sure if that's going to be the case. But I, in some ways you want that title to work. It would be a better thing if that title works its way on to Soraya somehow and she bullshits her way there and then you do Soraya versus Jamie Hayter for Wembley. Dare I mean, I'm, I'm not, not a Storm fan. That's what I mean, JP. Better match with Storm though, isn't it? Than Soraya. And I'm no Tony Storm fan, but that would be a better match. But Soraya, I don't know, we'll get more heat. I don't, I don't know. But I think he fell into the lap. Like well, you have Jamie Hayter coming in and squash fuck out of her, not like in a... China versus Ivory type way, but like if you if you had it as like effectively it didn't need to be the longest match in the world, and you have it as like a definitive kind of statement victory, then there'd be some value for that. But in terms of this as a way of getting the title off Jamie Hayter without her losing anything, like Gareth said, tremendous bit, of, cracking bit of business. Definitely, I'm guessing no one's got anything to say on the trios match. It happened. The rap. The rap, the, the rap. line about Dominic was, was on fucking yeah. real. Oh, that <laughs> was a bit... Because well. he would hate that, but the Buddy Matthews will fucking have hated that. <laughs> tell you. Who's your pappy, <laughs> Chance? <laughs> oh. well, he's already on Twitter making comments about it, isn't it, in air replies? Like, they're not sat He does it all the other. time. Uh, did you see that one the other week with the picture of... Um, <laughs> From WrestleMania, yeah, like, or something was it? He's like, Well, I get to touch it, type of yeah. thing. And it's like, What's that cool? about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, he's probably every day got like a hundred people in his reply. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah uh, to be fair, yeah. probably just fighting yeah. any, but yeah, that, that was the highlight because again, why was this on the show, especially when it wasn't even advertised? It was like, Oh, we got surprise opponents, it's the acclaimed and daddy. Arsenal. It wasn't yeah. surprised, but it was on fucking cage match. 
<laughs> five days before <laughs> this match was happening i'm sure they won a match for this i didn't dream uh, that did i whether you claimed them billy gunn got the rights to go for the trios title didn't they win the, the battle royal that the one death day, of the tag yeah. division i might yeah. add by the way those they fucking did. trios belts i'm always in agreement with you mate these belts are the worst oh, <laughs> so bad mate i hate it i fucking hate it <laughs> in a one night tournament and I'll never <laughs> shut up about this. Yeah. It's ruined the tag team division as well, yeah, might yeah. I add. Because Malachi and Brody King or any two yeah. of them doing the free bids could be a good tag team. Kings of the Black Throne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, I'm sure if they're good yeah. enough for PWG, I reckon yeah. they can get by an AEW for a little bit. Yeah, mm. for sure. Brody King's look class, I think, in the last, yeah. like, on this run that they've had, I, I think he looks like an absolute fucking beast. Like, he's, 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 he's really been brilliant. What do you think of the lighting? What did what are your thoughts on the... Uh, it's, better. Be- it's better. What better. Yeah. But not needed, really. But it it's is a bit like better. one of those magic eye things, though, isn't it? And you go, oh, it looked cool like the whole thing on that part of the crowd. Yeah. It looked cool at Wembley. That was the only thing I was thinking. Yeah. Like, Late in the night, like, there'll be some good photos there. It's just so <laughs> fucking lame, isn't it? Like everything Tommy Bellend does, it's like, oh, we're spooky. Guess what we're going to do to you? We're going to make your wrestling slightly inconvenient. Lighten. That's my oh, evil man. the love <laughs> of Christ. <laughs> Why? Has he got like a deal with the bloke who does the lights? A deal, by the way, that for some reason Sabu doesn't have. How have we had two Sabu appearances and no one's turned the lights out? Like, come on. And they turn it out for anyone else, don't you, Venom? Usually. Oh. <laughs> just don't turn off the lights in the toilet when he's off for a cheeky... <laughs> Afterwards with Sabu, that's the thing. They don't want to turn his lights off and get him get lost. Did you notice he kept his lanyard on? Sabu, yeah. <laughs> he still had his fucking lanyard on, like, just in case somebody knew who he was. I'm going to make you feel bad now because I felt bad when I found this out. Apparently, it's his, you know, his girlfriend who died. It's a thing with her picture on it. Um, that's why you read it. Sorry, <laughs> I heard other podcasts talking about it, and I was shouting it at my radio. But yeah, that's that's what it is. Oh, fuck. Well, that's not as funny as the idea of him getting lost in the dark. No, it isn't at all, on. is it? I thought, a, I thought he was doing a Paul Heyman tribute act, but apparently not. No, that's what he's there. <laughs> that's what it is for. Did they announce um, him from Vegas as well? When that man is yeah, clearly from Bombay, Michigan. As Bombay, as Vegas. But I just want to mention this was the first of two references to blackface. In the night. That's all I want to yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. on that one. Well, that comes back later. So we'll, uh, yeah. we'll chat about that. Um, next up was uh, Ty Valkyrie versus Jade Cargill. Again, the match itself, Why? shite. Ty Valkyrie shouldn't be anywhere in the company. I don't think ever mind in the pay-per-view. But they did save it with the post-match. I thought the post-match mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um, and it, I, it put Chris Statlander in a much better position than, than she was when she went out. Like She come across as a, a big star. Jade got to 60. And then lost, you can get air heat back, as we were talking in the room, Matty, weren't we? I was like, you yeah. could easily just do. She could take out Mark Sterling and turn babyface. Her or... entrance was a total babyface, though, wasn't yeah. it? She'll get a heat back. Yeah. That's something Steph yeah. said to me. She said, like, seeing just seeing Jade walk around Vegas like this weekend has just been like, that is literally, like, that's a star. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, that's who she She comes across so well. She's going to be fine. And it was Yeah, time. she will be. Bad, she bad ideas be. with this. It felt like we've been waiting for this anyway for the, until Statlander was uh, healthy, and now we finally got here. She's ba- she's basically a babyface anyway, isn't she? She always, mm, they yeah. always do like good, cool stuff with her on pay per views. Like the crowd are always in the corner; they're always showing a kid in the crowd, mm. you know, ringside. Which you know, that's a babyface move as it is. Like showing her being like a you know a, unless you're Ricky Steamboat, a, a, mate, then it's fucking death. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but like you or know, Richie, she's, she's you know she's. 
like really good looking. She's got a great look. She's fucking, you know, they always give her good stuff to do. She's over with the crowd. People, like, even in this match, people wanted her to win. The fucking, she's, she should have been the heel here. Like, it's just an open fucking goal list for her to just become the biggest babyface female star, isn't it? Kind of thing. But they'll, um, you know, she'll probably end up being Britt Baker's sidekick or something. Won't she? I was going to say, do you think they'll actually push her after <laughs> Wembley in the actual main women's title? Uh, they should do, shouldn't they? The thing, the thing with her as well she's is she's taking time off. As a baby face, she can get longer matches out of her as well, can't you? Because she can get beat down and then she can make the comeback as well, which it's just an absolute no-brainer. It's got, you know, like, she just needs to fucking be pissed off at Sterling for making that match and come yeah. back baby face here. The money, 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 money. Yeah. I mean, as we, it was one of the things that was heavily spoken about was how, how the women's division in AW was definitely going to be changing this weekend. And, you know, mm. I think one of the things for Jay Cargill is she is taking a bit of time off. I think I was fightful reporting that. And that when she comes back, they're going to be changing her personality. I was like, what, turn her, turn her face then? Which, like you said, all the various things, like she is a de facto face. You give her those kind of entrances in the start. There's a part of me normally might get a little bit annoyed at the idea of your baby face winning in that kind of slightly WrestleMania 9-ish type yeah. way. I was yeah. less bothered for this because I think ultimately, if this is a way of writing off Mark Sterling, and I'm glad we haven't gone into the pre-show with the another contract match, which I just think we should just boycott ever talking about on there. <laughs> but it's an easy way of Jade coming back, kicking the shit out of Jade Cargill, Layla Gray, coming back as a face, moving past the TBS division as well, which yeah. is a thing that actually, for the sake of the rest of the division, there's other people who need to go with that title just to see if you can get something to work or click. And I yeah. think that's that's where you could do with it. But Tyre Valkyrie, I hope to God it's a short-term deal. She's terrible. Yeah. She, she's not good in impact when she's in tag matches. Why in the name of fuck is she on AEW in a title, title a singles title match? For a match that's already been had before and was bad first time. Yeah. It's funny, like you, you say something on a podcast and it haunts you and nobody else in the world can remember it, but it like haunts you. I, I also remember like a couple of years ago, we were talking about Impact and I was talking about their women's division and like you're going through it. And then I, I remember saying, just throwaway line, I remember saying like, Tyre Valkyrie, she can go when she needs to. And then like, and then the next day I was thinking, why did I say that? Why did I say that? And then like, every time I see her after that, like, you know, like it always. Like, Dennis, that, that was your heroin phase as well, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, always, always comes back in, in, in the head. But I'm made up for Statlander because when she came back from that injury last time, she was like, the, the shape she was in, her ring work improved, everything, she'd put so much work into it. She was fucking class and then it was gutting when she got injured again because she was she was really on a roll and she was massively over with the crowd and stuff. So to see her come back and get that moment like that, I was absolutely made up for her. Like, and hopefully she can just stay injury-free because she seems to have decent matches. She connects well with the crowd and things. So again, she's somebody else can just give this like shot in the arm, really, this women's division. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I felt I felt like it gave the paper you were shot on the arm because it felt like things turned around. Like from the, from this point onwards, it was like mm-hmm. an adrenaline rush, and it got us into the final two matches. Which, like I said at the top, I've kind of broadly kind of given my thoughts on them, but we'll we'll go through them first. Up the the four way um, for the world title. Like I said, nope. I was happy they put it here because my thing going in was how could anybody possibly buy MJF is going to lose this match? And in fairness. 
there were definitely lots of there were near falls in this match, which the people in the building did buy. For me, it feels a little bit like you know at WrestleMania when um, the Rhea Ripley Charlotte match was supposed to main event that they won, and we were all like, "There's no way that can main event day one. It won't have the heat." And then they went out there and they fucking killed it, and it was like. Was it? It would have been easy to be like, well, he should have been the main event. It's like, well, no. If they were the main events, it wouldn't have got over that well. And if these had to follow the Anarchy in the Arena match, I don't think it had gone this well. I think it was the perfect spot for it. In a way, it felt like a little bit of an acknowledgement that this feud's a bit been a bit not even undercooked, overcooked, and just hasn't worked. But it was the best thing for the match because I don't think we were inconsistent either with this one, JP. We kept saying that. The four great wrestlers are going to go out there and have a great match. Um, I'm lower on it the most. I don't think I go much above four. I've seen people go as as far as uh, as five on it. There were moments of it that I thought were really, really? creative. Five, five, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Um, there, there were moments in it that I felt I melted will that I thought were really creative, but felt I don't know, just didn't feel like a world title match. Like no. watching this, watching this run through, but. It was certainly lively. It was certainly a lot of fun, and there were loads of great little moments in it. So I got me entertainment's worth out of it, which was never in doubt, was it, JP? It was just more the build-up to it and that feeling, like I said at the top, that, okay, I'm glad we're through this now. We can just move on. Yeah, exactly. And the build-up to it was, I mean, yeah, the build-up was horrific. And the match delivered. And I think these were the things that we said even going up into the weekend show. I mean, and I agree with you, Four Stars, because I think the the thing I thought at times was this is, it's like a lot of in-jokes in a film with all of these kind of cutesy-style spots of the people. You know what I mean? It's all too cleverly contrived together for it to be what I would think of as a proper world title match. So it felt much more like a showcase. And it's fun for what it was. And even though this was, again, a long match, there's enough interesting things going on and enough kind of fluid motion for it to be kind of fun. I mean, maybe at a push, I'd go 4.25, but I, I wouldn't be going That's anything amazing. like uh, above that um, on here. I mean, I still think, and this sounds crazy, the Sammy Guevara becoming a dad, I, there was a part of me thought, you could work that into a nice story. Sammy Guevara has to grow up, and that's his character for the next year, is he has to take things and be a bit more responsible. And think and things like that. That would be Two a bit more interesting. No, <laughs> then fuck it. Let them boo it. Like and just play it naturally for that as well. Like the crowd booed the fact that you know Jack Perry didn't turn heel. Whereas yeah. someone like him, it's like he needs to do something to his character as well. The Darby Allen promo beforehand was complete fucking nonsense. Oh, what was that well. in his album? Actually, what the hell was it? Can I also say so? I don't give a shit about this standing side headlock fucking takeover nonsense as well oh only mjf and darby allen care yeah. about that like it's i don't even such, I it's such I don't a even fucking in joke that it's just not even remotely funny though is it <laughs> this is the thing i was going to say about this match because like something's happening with darby here where like darby's got really good instincts for what would be a cool promo for him what would be a cool video every promo is cutty show bad instincts and that video you're absolutely right to bring it up that show bad instincts as well what I would say about this match is, for me, God, I think it reflected the feud in that it was a lot of fun, but it didn't feel like Jack Perry, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara stepping up to MJF's level and being in a world title feud. This felt like MJF stepping down to a really fun cruiserweight opener <laughs> for this show. That's what it felt like. It felt like the lads going out there having that really fun, energetic, you know, creative kind of match. That should be lower on the card than this was. It didn't feel like a world title match. It felt like like the feud did. It felt like MJF sitting at the kids' table when he should be with the grown-ups. 
hundred percent like and like literally what I've got written down here is just that I enjoyed it as like a bubblegum match kind of thing, as like mm. as a match to just, you know, shit's happening and it's fun and things like that. But like literally, you know, the words here are saying didn't feel like a world title match that I've I've written down here. I think the 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 way I'd describe it is almost like it was just incredibly indie, wasn't it? And I could just imagine being sat in a nightclub somewhere and this match is going on and there's 500 people in the building and we're all going off our box for it because it's like spot after spot after spot after spot and you've had a few beers and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's match number five on the card or something like that and it's just like like uber, uber exciting from that perspective. It's not fucking, it's a, you know, the build was a far cry from a world title match. The match itself was a far cry from a, a world title match. You know, was it enjoyable? I mean, I say I've gone like three and a half, 3.75 for me. It's something that was fun, like, you know, to, to that level. But it's just shit happening in front of your eyes, isn't it? The, you know, and then the, the, the problem I've always had with this being a four-way, and, you know, I think when I was on here like a month or two ago, it was like I was saying that I've, really didn't want it to be a four-way and I hope like I, I hoped it wasn't going to go down that direction and that was definitely her and more towards it being a, a singles matches where do the people look where are they now when they come out of it like Jungle Boy looks like a bum he looks like an absolute bum like and he's just like fucking the crowds turned on like on, on him again has he even got the chops to be a heel no absolutely not he can't speak for shit you know I was saying to you in our chat I was like I was catching up on some dynamites and like Sarah just like looked up at his <laughs> promo and just fucking tutted and just like shook her head. You know, she hasn't watched wrestling in ages, but she, you know, even she was like, God, that is shit kind of thing. Like he's terrible <laughs> on the mic, you know, like, and like, you know, and this is a guy who's in your world title on one of your four pay-per-views of the, uh, of the year. You look at Darby Allen, he's essentially in the same spot as he's always going to be because his character's got that level of protection at, at a certain yeah. level. I think, you know, I've, I've got more, upside on Sammy Guevara than than you certainly Benno I think I think he's but I think it's for him now it's just all about it's not about this match elevating him it's about the next steps isn't it it's like he's it's getting him away from Jericho it's trying to like position him if they are going a bit more baby face of you know doing it right kind of thing I don't know if I've got as much as you say people are going to be booing Sammy Guevara I don't know if I've got faith in AW to Book him as a baby face and, let, and, not, and not just change the mind in two weeks and just suddenly have him tag him with Jericho on Dynamite or something like some, something yeah, like that randomly as, as, as well. So, so and you look at it and you go MJF. So MJF comes out of it and he's and he's won. It's another match he's had, but it doesn't he doesn't look like I think coming out of things like the Punk match and stuff. He looked like a more credible world champion. He looked he, he had a toughness to him and things like that there that was like a build on the character. I don't know what they've built on the MJF character here. Nothing, really. I don't think. I think, if if, if anything, it's just a bit of a treading tread water style thing for him. So it just feels like oh, a edge. Bit, of, bit of a missed opportunity for all four lads, really. Whereas maybe going down, like if it was just MJF against Darby Allen or something like that, again, someone that was a bit more focused, had a bit more heat, a bit more juice to it. Potentially, they both could have come out of it slightly elevated rather than sort of pegging four lads back and i'll tell you what jungle boy zero pop from that crowd as well i mean steph might say something different in the building i don't know but no. i was thinking if they if they strip that fucking if they strip that song off him he's he's basically action andretti or yeah. someone isn't he's he got to turn heel, but as you say he has, might not have the chops for it but he got to try that because that's he's struggling isn't he at the minute 
on the MJF front, you know, Liam raises here, you know, the world title hasn't felt the most important thing in the promotion since he got the belt. I mean, how many times have we said that about AEW world champions? But like, I think for MJF, my bigger criticism is like, because a lot of people are going to push back and go, well, this feud was his idea. It's like, yeah, it was a bad idea. It's like, it should be apparent now. I fucking love Cody Rhodes, but how critical was I of Cody on this podcast of all of his booking? And most of it was his fucking idea. And it takes yep. a grown up needs to take him aside and go, that's a bad idea, mate. You shouldn't be lowering yourself to work with these scrubs. That applies to Cody when he was in AEW. It applies to MJF. Like, he's not established yet as a world champion. He should have been in a big feud here. Like, they should have made it happen. I don't care. Like, it would, probably would have upset plans with Anik in the arena because, as we kept talking about, there's so many eggs in that basket as far as top line guys. Whatever you had to do, you had to give him a major title like um, program for all of these. Only four pay per views a year. Give him something fucking important to do, you know? Um, but maybe it's a victim of anarchy in the arena, JP, but like, yeah, this wasn't it. I think it's, I think you're right. Maybe it's just me. I, I think of the, the MJF title view and I think of the stuff that I've enjoyed. And I was thinking the Ricky Starks match. Hmm. I really enjoyed, except they put Starks in a feud with Jericho afterwards. And that was the kind of thing that, that completely hmm. derailed him. Um, and I obviously loved the Danielson match on there. Hmm. There were other people who could have been, even if it was just Darby Allen in a singles match, that That'd would have be been more interesting yeah. as a way of leading to Sting. And maybe they might still do that. The fact he did the headlock takeover and the rest of it. And it looked like Darby was going to win if he'd hit the coffin drop on Jungle Boy and, and, and things like that. And they, they might decide as a way of extending that part of the feud. It's just that they tie themselves to the four pillars thing. And as a result, they moved away from the singles match which always is going to be the bread and butter. And even if it was an elimination match, at least there's a kind of finality of getting down to the last two. And I think the problem is with fatal four ways, as they're described, is for me, they're always, I don't know, you just always feels like you're missing something from them in terms of the status of them as well. So... I would have happily done the Takesh to turn early and put him in, in the in the Bapu combat ma- club match and drag one of those guys to a match with MJF or drag Hangman Page out the match and put Takeshita on that side. Yeah. Or even Kota Ibushi. I know the elite fans will be foaming at the mouth because you wouldn't have got your elite law with Kenny and, uh, and Hangman come back together. I just sacrificed that first. <laughs> or done it at a different time. You book this shit, you can time this out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah. just, it, it, it couldn't carry this pay-per-view. I think it was proven and, I mean, if that's everything we've got to say about the title match, we should talk anything in the arena itself. What did you guys make of it? Did you compare it to like I, I know, you know, me and Matt were in a room where I don't think we were very much enjoying it. <laughs> I think for me, it was the memory of last year. I think I it just didn't live up to. But I think overwhelmingly, I think that's a minority opinion. I think people really did enjoy this. Like he did. I don't know. But I've seen they fucking loved it. Well, not just enjoyed it. it. JP, what did you make of this one? Um I thought it was fun at points. I have to say I didn't like the music playing because <sighs> Fucking it awful. just, and we have that's to talk fine. about that as well, because I thought, I hope that's a mask. That was the first thought I admire at my head. And then it, mm. I saw his mouth moving, oh, for the love of Christ, really. Yeah. Um, but it just dragged on. And again, it probably suffers from some of the stuff that the four-way had in that trying to have his cake and eat it, isn't it? It's it's trying to be still that bit too cutesy. It, it was fun. And it was kind of wild and raucous and the rest of it and enjoyable. And I always think of what you said from the last Anarchy in the Arena match and kind of loving it there. 
there were points where we missed stuff, like the directors missed the big spot of John Mox. Oh, uh, was it Kenny Omega jumping backwards with John Moxley into the barbed wire casino chip and and stuff mm. like that? I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, again, I'd go four stars on it as an enjoyable spectacle. That's a good rating. Nothing more than that. And yeah. like again, my prevailing thoughts were at the end of it, I didn't go, oh, you know, even with the Tequesta turn and other stuff like that. I thought, well, you know, there's some interesting singles match we can spin off to that. We can we could have done some of these singles matches on this card. And yeah. I'd have been perfectly happy. And have this as a TV main event that went 45 minutes as a crazy we'll TV we'll go, main event. So they'll be doing that. Your point. mid card would have been sorted if you'd yeah. had, I don't know, the Bucks versus Claudio and Utah, and then Moxley versus Hangman and Omega versus Danielson. Imagine that. Different fucking card altogether then, isn't it? At that point, you've got yourself some real solid shit in the middle. You have crap like Ty of Valkyrie stinking up the place. Mm. But well, they, they didn't. That was the and you have got the fucking push of a life, honestly. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Your boy. how much money has gone in? I, I am kind of convinced that he's... I, I'm more, I've got more faith in him than I would do, like, a Jungle Boy or even a Darby Allen to a degree. I think there's stuff about him where people are fucking hating him already, and that's great. And my God, he got to kick out some stuff. Got to kick out the buckshot lariat. Great job by Liam. Punishment. The fucking pin in the end as well. Mm. Yeah. Can I, I just mention I... as well, Ben? Oh, sorry. That wild thing playing, like, dummy heading. But it's even yeah. the elite music. You're coming out to a big violent arena-wide brawl, and you've got that fucking Kansas song coming out. It just didn't... Just they got changing it, can't for a match. They can't, they've got how many music natural born killers instead between them, though. Better they can for that. Come on, it just put me right off it. That was like, come on, fuck's sake, you can do it, can't you? Punk comes out with new music, everyone comes out with a different music. Uh, I, I, I don't know on that, but I, I agree on the band point. I think the band point was, uh, you know, yeah, they tried to recreate what they did last year and it didn't work. What did, did you think of it, Gareth? Like, I'd, I'd say four stars is a strong rating from JP, and like I say, I've seen people. Very much enjoy it. people talking about this paper being saved by these last two matches. Like it's true to an extent. Mm. Like what do you think? I enjoyed it without loving it. Uh, I, I was in my head. I was immediately just comparing it to last year, and I knew, I really enjoyed yeah. last year's. And then so I always had that point of comparison. I think they, they were always up against it as well because it's like it's it's a remake, isn't it? Kind of thing. And what can you do to to that's sufficiently different? Or you know, last last year was so good because it was so unique and it just felt so different and things whereas you know they they went back to the music still playing and obviously in the live band and stuff it's like oh that worked last year let's do it again and some of the spots were just like quite similar to you know what we'd seen last year and you're like well we've seen that we've you know we've we've had that before kind of thing and i think um like you know based you know in comparison with the rest of this card relatively it was the best thing on the show kind of thing but mm. i still didn't I, I still didn't love it like i say i'd be like more sort of like 3.75 territory or something That's something like some something yeah. like that for it you know there was my main positives for me were wheeler getting as jp said there wheeler getting to a you know kick out of the bookshot although that was probably more of a timing issue i think with claudia was supposed to make the save <laughs> and, uh, and suddenly this suddenly this heavily protected moves getting kicked out of wheeler and wheeler's getting the finish as well so i was like ah, go on like a uh, good good lad there but i mean i think like some, of the, some of the some of the you know some of the, the, the while there was some there was some stuff that i 
I genuinely did love. Like, I think at one point there was like it was like a split screen, and you had um, Claudio doing the the giant swing, swing in yeah. the concourse at the same yeah. time that like Mox was going at someone's head with a fork, and I was like, "That's cool." That, that was just like for a for a split a split screen shot. That was that that was cool, and there was you know there's some decent spots, but there was also. Some fucking stupidness. Like, I was going to say, like, Gareth, you mustn't have liked that super kick explosion. Do not have liked like, oh, I, I knew I, you would have fucking hated that. Yes, Gareth. <laughs> please don't tell me any of you like that spot. Like, oh, that was awful. <laughs> oh, my God. I've seen people getting fucking pulled apart on Twitter for hating that spot today. Um, really? But, yeah. What is it to like about it? Like, yeah. literally, it's the most ridiculous, especially in a match like that as well, to just suddenly mm. throw, like, it, it was like, just thrown in a bit of cartoonery kind of thing into something, you know. That's Kenny Omega done as Captain America with the fucking binglet, didn't he with as well? Oh, I hate fucking that awful. <laughs> and I love Ken, but that's fucking him at his worst. That fucking hell. But but to you, I mean, you you reference it there, Matty. Is Liam saying in the chat here uh, exact same opinion as me? Trunks yeah. and tights for a new, when they came out and they didn't have like the jeans on. The jeans or the, and the knee pads know. over the jeans and that. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't wear your you don't wear your fucking best um, you know fucking nylons, do you? For the uh, no. for, for that type of match, you know, you're going you're, you're meant for lads going to work like you're supposed to be absolutely you, you yeah. know kitted, mm. kitted out for the brawl. And then the the one note that I've got here is how much I fucking love Hangman Page and that eye patch. Though that was the only aesthetic on the Elite that I really, really liked. And I was like, oh, he looks as cool as fuck there. He just fits in with the Hangman character, like just with his his whole look and his hair and everything like that. I was like, he looks like a fucking like badass, looks like fucking sort of Red Dead Redemption or something like that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, you should just keep that forever. Just keep that eye patch forever. And then when he took <laughs> it off in the match, I was like, oh, fuck off. Like, you know, because I, I was really annoyed. I was like, you've just ruined it now. You look great. Like, could have been so unique, just this standout, like, thing for a character a character to have. But, um, there you go. I mean, at the end of the day, it was what it was. And the, and the, the um, Takeshita thing, though, I thought that was a nice finish to it really I, I like the I, I like the I like the way Takeshita played it I like the little look that he did when he sort of unmasked and things like that at the end I thought he, he, he like he he played that played that to a tee so that gave that was kind of like a, a high point at the end like but uh but if he based his character on Snake Pliskin I am yes. fucking there for Hangman for life oh, but, it, yeah. but if you you're think, telling uh, me if you're if you're telling me that people have escaped given from this, backstage, it, people are giving this five stars and they're giving the previous match five stars, then I'm glad I closed the app. People <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we literally <laughs> tagging me no. today about that. People but, love this main event, I tell you. Yeah, and fair enough. I think if I maybe if I was there, I'd have a different. And if I wasn't there last year, that's why I wanted to sit out and leave it to you because I didn't think my opinion was kind of um, in with that sync with, with most people. But yeah, just I don't know. There's just something about it. I just didn't didn't really connect with me and it was like oh that was a laugh and the biggest thing coming out of it was it was the i mean the Takeshita stuff was good you know like i say i love the little sideways look he gave to the camera i love i mean the idea of him as a heel i'm not sure on i said it on the daily update today somebody tell me if they've watched his you know ddt stuff or whatever has he got the legs to be a heel like i he's never come across you know in a way that you would think oh you could make him unlikable for you know interesting uh, if anything it's going to give us a Kenny Omega singles match, so I'll take it because that was like the wishing on a monkey's paw. Well, no, he's, asked, he's got two friends, Ben. Oh, he's bringing in, isn't he? Have you, have you <sighs> seen what he said? Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Gallows yeah. <laughs> and Anderson, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what was great, though. We watched it before the pay per view. 
don't they only show like 10 seconds of it on the <laughs> show. You'll love it. Got a Don Carlos's promo about Kenny Omega. 12 minutes it was. He's yeah. He channels prime JP and is like the Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. But the last time I saw Kenny Omega was against Will Ospreay in New Japan because he comes out here with his goofy mates and he just wants to, they just want to have fun. So he has fun and they Amen, dilute brother. what could be great about Kenny Omega. It's like he's just he's listening to spotlights. He's just saying <laughs> what we say about yeah. Kenny over and over again. They're making they're making it canon, so that's good. And we're gonna get singles matches out of it. That's good too. Um I just you know, yeah, there's definitely disappointment that we've gone another pay-per-view cycle without a gigantic Kenny Omega match because Kenny Omega works for you, so take advantage of it. Other than your top match as a, as a wild idea. Um, Mate, you you know what the problem's gonna be here though. They bring in a bushi, and then what yeah. do we get? Golden lovers. That's what it's Kenny be, and tag team yeah. are like, and it's just like not doing single stuff, it's Kenny doing Kenny things. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, mate, I've seen this several times. And trust me, it was like it hit its peak in and around like 2019. And we aren't like, and it's so it's not something I'm excited for, I have to say. That I'm, I'm excited for the Takeshita match because at least it's intriguing. At least we don't know how good he is. Yeah. I get the feeling he, he, he can. I just, you know, promo is going to be a difficult thing. That's why you've got Callus there for mm. that. However, like as a worker, I have like him and Kenny May, you could just see that absolutely clicking and just oh, delivering yeah. on. A ridiculous, it should be the next stage in a Kenny main event on Dynamite match, where it's like a big match on Dynamite. And, you know, it may go down the road of the Vikingo, where it's just like as much of a good match slash spectacle that it'll, mm. it'll draw a good rating. Definitely. Um, well, past that, any other overall thoughts on the show? Um, worst AEW pay-per-view ever? I, I, I don't know. People have been saying that, but I, I kind of feel like Surely, like a couple of those fighter fest, fight with the fallen type mini pay per views at the start. I wouldn't say we're better than that. I think a lot of it's expectations. We're going to get into that in a minute when we talk to mm. trust me, Matt. We are going to talk to WWE pay per view in a second, but like that's the thing. With, like, I think I probably enjoyed that more because my expectations were lower. I go into an AEW pay per view with my expectations, and it's you know, it's a compliment. A th- a through the roof, aren't they? You expect, d- despite what you think about the build, you know you're going into an AW pay per view. You're going to get bangers, and you're going to get a really good show. This was definitely on the weekend. If I if I don't necessarily agree, it was the worst mm. ever. It it reflects the cycle that it comes as part of. And then when you look at this cycle, and you look at the matches, and go, these were the big matches and storylines that you were building to. Doesn't really yeah. say a lot. It shows what a weak build it was with some really weak matches, mm. kind of at the core of it. And they had forgotten something, I think. Like, just yeah. in terms of, they'd gone back to a much more, it was, it, it was even though it wasn't that far away from WWE in terms of the amount of matches they have on, they were so bloated. Something that even WWE aren't doing as much of, which is kind yeah. of incredible. Because, my God, is their story all over the place on there. Oh, yeah. we're going to be into that. <laughs> This is the first. This is the first. I, I would say, like from memory, it's the one that I've probably enjoyed the least. But I think it's the first instance of AEW the matches not saving them. Like mm-hmm. there's been plenty of pay per views that have had a lot of matches that have had shit builds and things like that. And then when it's come to the day, the lads have gone out there and performed, and it's been like you're just left with the good taste in your mouth because of the matches that have been there. I just don't think that the matches that they booked 
were the right matches to protect themselves even on on that basis either you know so the the, the build let them down and then the matches on the day let them down so there's two big fucking lessons over it that they take away there and you can't every, like, you know you try and be reasonable about it. you can't hit every pay-per-view out of the park you can't and they've they've got a hell of a track record of delivering pay-per-views with like three four star matches three or four you know even five four star matches on them and things like that you're going to come unstuck sometimes but you know i think this is one where definitely definitely left you thinking i don't know was yeah you know was it was it worth it there's a lot of you that's made you think why was that on the card was it worth it you know move on move on regroup get cm punk back yeah Phil, Phil is the one who adds a bit of edge to everything because I think you take that away. Match. He, yeah, still be in an important singles match if this pay per view. If he was on this pay per view, that's what it was based on. The literally you know who... a straight singles match on this pay per view, like yep. like that was just a match, like it didn't exist. I suppose there's Jericho Cole, but that had its own you know wild stipulation as well. That's what the show was needing a, a prestigious singles match. He'll give you that. Like you like Jericho, they'll they'll pencil something in for Punk. There'll be there'll be something <laughs> like at least we'll have that. Do you know who else is missing? Who they saw actually are really realizing that they miss from the mid card? Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Eddie Kingston in a proper match. Now yeah. I know there's injuries and other stuff like that, but you're missing that kind of character. It's Pac as well, JP. There's a few yeah. you could list. Pac. We don't even talk about them when we talk about Wembley. We should. Like, yeah, no, that's what I mean. We don't feel like they're in. They feel like they're more interested in Kip Sabian than they are him. Mm. Yeah. Well. Speaking of expectations, should we talk to WWE pay for you? Like, I, I'm not lying, Matt. I, I I enjoyed Night of Champions more than I enjoyed the AW. You're show. saying a few gritted teeth, Ben. You've said it a few times. And I will have the caveat of my expectations are low going into a WWE show, but I don't think it's controversial to say I thought Cody Brock was better than anything on the AW pay per view. I really enjoyed Gunther and, uh, and Ali as a match. There was the story in the main events, and there was a load of other stuff that I would say was a lower standard than what was on the AW show, but. Yeah, the, the, the hype. Outlandish. The show, outlandish. I think I enjoyed more. Oh, we'll get into that. Don't worry. But I'll let you guide us, Matt. What do you want to talk about first with this one? You got a captive audience here as well. I'm guessing. I think Gareth's even seen it, haven't you, Gareth? This uh, three matches. Yeah. I, I dragged myself yeah. through three. <laughs> See what we do for you, Matt. See the things we do. Gareth, Gareth, we've got that mutual respect. That, uh, and, 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 do you know what, Matt? Yeah, I watched. I finally watched the WrestleMania Night Two main event for the context. I watched four matches. How <laughs> <laughs> no, did no. it hold up, Gareth? It was a match, wasn't it? <laughs> Fair enough. Outrageous. No, but that, what, uh, where do you want to start? Ben? Do you want to start with Cody Brock? We'll start with that. That's like been universally, you know, sounded out as the best match of the night. And mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to know your thoughts, but I do want to hear Gareth's thoughts on it on the selling of Cody first. Because I've this on the daily update. I yeah. yeah. Love, like, Cody, this is like, I've, I think it's in, in our. Uh, on our Patreon and on our Discord, they're exclusive to patrons at the minute. It has come up, oh, Benno just likes Cody because he's an AEW guy. No, Cody is a WWE I guy. Love that. I love he that is the most, but he is the most WWE wrestler you'll ever make. He's, yeah. he's John Cena 2.0. I always say it. 
and that's what I what I enjoyed about this match. Another one of my old shouts, Matty. You know, I love bringing up Cena Rumaga. You know, that's the template for me of the great WWE match. And there were echoes of that here. I thought, like Cody being the the Sting slash Cena type babyface. If you want to use a, another uh, analogy, there, sell him for the big monster Brock. Yes, he was lying in the Kimura probably fifteen minutes too long. That I'm sure we can get Garrett's notes on. But I love the drama of it. I love the this was sports entertainment type match done really well um and this is Cody's strength is overly dramatic kind of you know underdog baby face against this monster heel the finish I'll get into like I thought on the night was great it's just it's a promotion I don't trust to you know stick the landing and make this match two of three and because I think you do need Cody to get like a definitive win after how oh you know he slipped on you know Brock slipped on a banana peel in the last pay-per-view and Cody outright ran away but as a piece of business as a one-off I thought this was really well done Gareth, <laughs> you want my views? It's <laughs> it's funny because like I'm like sat here looking at my notes and it just makes me laugh that I don't know. You know me so well, like when you're certainly picking out there and been been held in that Kimura for so long. <laughs> I was just like I was like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has got somebody <laughs> has got like somebody in a Kimura that he beats everybody with that he absolutely oh you know he's he fucking destroys people with that he breaks arms he's broke arms with it in the past yeah the broken he's, arm got him. he's got a he's got a man <laughs> with a broken arm yeah. in the Kimura <laughs> like in in this hold for five years <laughs> and then like Cody would it, still would it not... last over your arms already broken I don't know no, no I was like that fucking titanium cast's doing some fucking work there isn't it Jesus Christ like it's you know, a... that makes your arms strong <laughs> you, you can use it as a weapon I'll be honest uh, I loved the entirety of the match Except mm. for that, that was the one Fair thing enough. that really, really doesn't shock me in any way. Like. I, I was yeah, like, no, I, knew I was like, I was like, no, finish him. Right? If, if you're going to finish him with that hold anyway, when he passes out, just do it then. Just do it then. Yeah. Just like yeah, you didn't need that extra bit. I thought of, he was going to though. He's, he's got a he's, he's got a broken arm. Of course, he fucking loses. Like he doesn't need mm. to like get through that bit. But I, I just thought it was just put together so well. Like I just thought the setup and stuff like that with the, at the start with the the suplexes and then him landing on his arm and things like that and showing that like weakness with the arm and things like that. But then with him then clicking to use it as a weapon and Brock yeah. selling his, did you, did you say before Cody's selling? Because I thought Brock's selling like when Brock's he was one of the best sellers ever, didn't he? Oh, yeah. like, like Brock Anyone. was like, Wounded animal Bro- stuff, in it. Brock Lesnar yeah. is just on the another, shock as well, on a level. It's always the I, shock I, on his face. I, I think we've had this. I think we've had this in our chat before, where we've talked yeah. about where Brock sits on the all-time list. And like, there's a fucking serious. He, like, he can do absolutely everything. You know, he just gets yeah. it, doesn't he? He absolutely gets wrestling, and I think people read Brock Lesnar wrong, like, and uh, yeah. of who he is as a person and a thing like that. He understands wrestling inside out better than 99% of the fucking wrestlers that's out there. You know, when it's time to sell, he sells and fucking doesn't, doesn't like bloody hell, doesn't he sell? Like it was, it was absolutely like quality, quality in that match. As an overall thing, I enjoyed it. I think it was the singles match that I enjoyed the most out of them all that I watched, you know, over the, over the weekend. And, and it just had that, um, I mean, we can talk about, um, I'm sure we'll obviously 
get onto the AJ Styles Seth Rollins match to me, but they, that was the first match I watched. This was the second match. This just felt like on another level in terms of star power, in terms yeah. of level of work, in terms of crowd engagement. You know, less being more mm. and stuff like that. Match structure, everything. Loved this. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I like it. My my only neg- I'm happy to hear you say it because you know I love Cody. My only negative is, as you know, I hate the WWE booking. Is now Benny will get the win in the third one. He will. Really? He'll get a de- he'll get a decisive win. He will. Yeah, I- I'm confident there. I'm I think it'll be a confident. cage match, lads. Do you reckon JP not taking the to them? This is this is that win. Him getting to lie yeah. there in the Kamora that long with Brock is them putting him over. I don't think he's. If he ever beats Brock again, it's going to be like the first one where he gets up and he runs away again. I just don't. I know Vince McMahon likes to do things in threes, so that's the um, the positive that makes me think there might be a trilogy coming. But I just don't trust this company as far as I can throw them. He left think? it open, didn't he? On Raw, sorry, Jake. He did leave it open on Cody's did promo on Raw, didn't he? Saying yeah. the open challenge is there for whenever Brock Lesnar wants to fight me for the third time. Mm. So that was what he done. Might wait till he's champion. Something to do with that. Mm. Yeah. I'd I'd say summer SummerSlam. I could see them doing it as. Yeah. I think it would add on to it would it would add on to that. But I mean, just to follow your thoughts, the thing I love about Brock as well. Here's someone who gets that matches don't need to go half an hour in order to be yeah. great. We can do them in ten fucking minutes. We can do them in five minutes, and they'll be great. Yeah. But after this, I'm with you, Benno. Them sticking the landing. My immediate thought was they'll do a trilogy match, but they'll do a trilogy match, and they'll still have Brock not actually really put him over. And that's why I thought, oh, they'll probably do a cage match then or something along those lines. Last man standing, JP, with the 10 count, something like that, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I never want to hear those. I hate last man standing. <laughs> nail that, that, that last man standing. It is, it is. If it's Vince, <laughs> if it is Vince, Cody yeah. selling his arm or his ribs or something like yeah, that, stumbling away as Brock is stuck <laughs> under like seven sets of gigantic <laughs> stairs or yeah. something like that. He's got a Titan <laughs> trying to cross his chest. <laughs> I can think that you're going to decisive win, Jeff. Oh, the usual one out to pull it down. <laughs> yeah. You're giving them ideas. Oh. But he kicked out of an F5 as well, didn't he? Like, as well as yeah. staying in the Kimura with a broken arm. Yeah, five he did. He kicked out, out of an F5. So, he, so, so you know, like you Basically, say, they, kept, they kept him strong. Imagine what a two-armed man could do, you know. So there's always <laughs> that in there in the, uh, the locker. Two-armed man wouldn't have the power of America like Cody Rhodes does, like his, uh, <laughs> his forefather Lex Luger did before. You know, <laughs> can I say as well? And this is the general thing for this show: the Saudi crowds used to be the worst. They have somehow, and I don't know <laughs> what the coverage of WWE in that country is, but yeah. my God, are they in the press them. conference? I watched because, it, honestly. Yeah. Everyone that comes out. Can he see the Paul Heyman? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that under state sponsored, you must react like Faith No More guy and Straw Hat guy and then just being made to fucking watch it and react like these lads losing their fucking shit. But like that appears to be the case because they were up for everything on this. And it just meant that little, and we spoke about this on the weekend show. I think that's the thing that worked so well with the Cody match as well. And, and, and Seth and everything is, is, is they're just so much more. It feels like, I know we're getting proper WWE matches and it really means something. If anything, they're doing more stuff and they're doing on a fucking mania. Mm. The storylines It's mental. 
But it's even that, like, it's that match had no interference. And then, obviously, you go on to the Seth Rollins v. AJ Styles for the title. That was, like, like a clean wrestling match with no interference. Mm-hmm. It was just refreshing to see JP, as you say, the two big matches there. That would just give them good... Two of the three main events, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you keep your stories for that. But the one one of them was very much the third main event, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I'll move on to that one now. What do you all think? Was it just... Ben, I'll start with you, because I know you. I know what you're going to say already, with it being Seth Rollins. Because I'm right. But, yeah. <laughs> was it expect- you what you expected? We'll we'll save the uh, the, the story argument for yeah, the end, mate. Yeah, that's the end, mate. Oh, yeah. the matches first. Yeah, I mean, it's Seth and AJ, like... I. I always say I can watch Seth Rollins with me. I wouldn't have to watch as much. I know what I'm going to rate it. Like he's a, and that you can take it as an insult or a compliment. Three and a half stars. That's what you're getting out of Seth Rollins, no matter what. That's less me take. It's more the fact that it was the opener. Like this is WWE to a T, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like fucking, this is going back to the Jack Swagger days, isn't it? Like you've got a, you've got a second world title, and what are we doing? We're opening shows with it already. First time out, it's it's as dead as the brand split is a month in. Like this is Vince McMahon, you know, back in a creative position, summed up, isn't it, in front of a you know a, a dirty blood money Saudi Arabia show, and and having like like I say, this title already meaningless to go along with the roster split. Like I don't think you can justify that. Like yeah, you wanted to put the Roman story last, but like. Right away, this is a mid-car belt, isn't it? Based yeah. on everything AJ said in his yeah, interview, it is. It is. based on the fact that Seth Rollins is the champion. Like, not that I care anyway, really, but why would you care um, coming out of this? This is another United States title, isn't it? It's not even... It's, it, in no way is it the workers' belt, either. That's Gunter's mm. belt. That's the IC yeah. title. Oh, yeah, As yeah. it always is, the workers' mm. belt is the IC yeah. title. Yeah, it's a. They've just managed to make a US title, intercontinental title hybrid the sake of yeah. it and i can see this thing being got, gotten rid of in a number of months uh, you know quickly enough as well because it'll die on its ass but yeah uh, give it to rollins although he's looking even more and more like just a, a fucking weird parody of himself when he comes out to the <laughs> ring like it's just awful awful garish bollocks the thing i'll <laughs> song, say about i hate that a lot is mm. I hope they don't like make it so obvious about it being the IC like doing them open challenges. I hope they don't do that because then it will just be admitting that it's that. You know what I mean? I know you're saying the presentation. Yeah, but Mickey McMenton's like in charge and he'll fucking yeah. get rid of it. They can't have him coming yeah. out doing open challenges for your world belt. Every that no, surely not. That's when I exactly what they I mean, will yeah. do, Matthew. You and I both know it. Fucking awful if they do that. Yeah, Very this is the other match you saw, Gareth. Yeah, this was uh, this was the opener and. I just thought this was shit. I just thought it was it was just a shit match. I, just, I was I, I went into it as I always do, just trying to be like open minded, like oh, I'm going to watch this WWE show. Watch it. I just, I just like I've gone like two and a half stars on this match, and that was feeling quite polite, really, probably because I went two on Jericho Cole kind of, uh, kind of thing. But like it just nothing to engage me at all. Just back and forward struck back and forward structure. People just doing shit. Shit just happening in front of your eyes. No real engagement. Like they decided to fucking, you know, do a knee injury towards the end to try and put a bit of fucking something towards it. But it was just shit's just happening here. It doesn't feel important. It doesn't feel like a world title match. It doesn't feel like there's any structure to this match. It was just like Mm-hmm. Chuckle Brothers match, me to you, to you to me, kind of thing. Like just <laughs> you're just doing just different shit, kind of. And yeah. like, well, this is a legitimate question. This isn't me taking the piss. Like, 
it, it was a heel and it was a face in this match because again because I don't because I two don't faces kind of, was it two, two faces like, yeah because I just I don't know I just couldn't uh, I couldn't determine that I was thinking Seth Allen's supposed to be a heel here because he's absolutely fucking awful but they keep like you know chanting his song and things like that I just I don't know I was massively massively disengaged for, from it and it just didn't kind of I don't know. No. Put me in the best mood to go and watch the uh, for the matches on the card. Hence me <laughs> heading straight to Brock and Cody. For me, though, as well, the, the result was never in doubt, Beno. It was always Seth yeah. going to win this one, no matter what. So it took mm. that even that away from even me. Because AJ thought... did an interview saying it was a shit belt. Yeah, he was fuming. He said that on the weekend show. He, he was a real belt. Basically saying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to, so that we can get to that to the main event, where I think most of the conversation is going to be. Shall we quickly do the other undercard matches? As just, yeah, I'll quickly, pick out yeah. Mustafa Ali. I really enjoyed that. That was one where I, I had no doubt he was going to win, but I still really enjoyed it because guess what? It's a Gunther match, and where he's a big man against a talented smaller wrestler, um, and it delivered on what it was supposed to be. And you know, Mustafa Ali, you know, getting put in this position, you know, <laughs> party is like, hang on, like. It's like this is Vince McMahon's WWE trying to pull the wool over eyes and pretend he's like from Saudi. Um, but they made that clear enough that obviously, you know, obviously, you know, can can speak the language and stuff, and is like, you know, can, can kind of talk to, to to that region of the world and be a representative type of thing. I think that was a positive. Unfortunately, they dropped the out on Raw a few days before in the uh, that backstage segment with uh, with Brock Lesnar. Not that anybody had any other uh, realistic belief that he was ever, ever going to beat Gunther, and it really just made you realize it was a it was a jobber of the week against Gunther. But I would say the work they did in it was uh, was very good. Yeah, I thought I thought this was really good fun for what it was. I mean, I thought they. Gave it that little bit more times. So at least Mustafa Ali got something from it. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's always going to be a definitive gun to win, but at least he got something out of it. I just came away thinking, yeah, he's not getting this again, is he? Until the next time yeah. they're back in Saudi. Yeah. Possibly there are no Chicago. bad Gunther matches. Just saying, they've protected Gunther so well, haven't they, Ben? You say it all the time. Like it, it is a shock that he's still, like, you know, protected he's different this well. than everyone on this roster. Yeah. I don't know if this was one you saw, Gareth, but like he is like. He's the, he's the, this is why I don't like WWE. This is absolute positive AEW. Everyone wrestles different for the most part. And you get like weird matchups and it's, it's engaging for that reason, even if it can be messy. WWE, everyone's the same wrestler, apart from Gunther, who basically has been transported in this promotion from a different region, area, year, whichever analogy you want to use. And he goes out there and he's still Walter. He's that same wrestler, except he's lost about five stone. You know, that's the only difference, really. I didn't watch this. I, I can't watch him in, in WWE. Too skinny. He, 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 too, I can't have it. I just can't have it. I saw something on Twitter last week, someone putting like the back-to-back photos of, look what Walter used to look like. And I was like, yeah, a massive fucking killer. And I was like, and now he looks like, <laughs> a, now he looks like an Olympic swimmer. I fucking can't have it. Like, it's just, <laughs> it, it's, it's, so I, as much as people say he's having good matches and stuff, oh, leave yeah. the memory, leave the memories alone. <laughs> Any thoughts on any of the other mid-card matches, Matty? The, the women, I suppose that's the women's match, isn't it? Bianca Asuka. Yeah, Asuka, really, that's oh, shocked yeah. at that, that she got Becky the title. Mm-hmm. Shocked Asuka won the title there, like it was a proper shock. Why didn't and, you do uh, the mania? Money on that. Yeah, it, it's, it was a carbon copy though, JP, even the build to it was like yeah. literally the same angle that they done for WrestleMania with the... Uh, same the angles. It was literally the same, yeah. And don't get me wrong, they work kind of well enough together, but like, mm. this was like, what? Why are you doing that? Particularly because the angle they kind of felt like they were setting up was her and Rhea Ripley at some point, yeah. meeting, which I would have saved till Mania next year. And 
it's not like the other women on the, it's not like Asuka needs the raw title. Mm. You know what I mean? There's there are plenty of people they can come in as various kind of interim challenges to kind of, you know, you know, an interesting kind of matchups they can have between people. And they just mm. I don't know. When they put it on Asuka, I was like, oh God, this feels like a Vince decision of changing it around rather than this is what we're going to do long-term. And he just walks in and goes, fuck the long-term. Even I'm on remote, I'm going to be changing it. Well, <laughs> channeling is in a Leslie Grantham. No yeah, he was shocked with that, but Rhea at least squashed Natty, which, you know, should yeah, have been like, what would have happened yet. Yeah, really was under yeah. a minute and it, that was in and out and, you know, see what Rhea does next. But even Becky and Trish, like I was pretty down on it going into, and I know it was, Sold as a big match between you know two big stars without the title and that, and they did go a little long and it was a little clunky, but yeah, for Trisha's like first big singles match in a while, it was it wasn't great, but you know they're carrying it on with Zoe Stark getting a debut JP and you know hopefully she uh, you know gets the rub off Becky and Trish and does well because I, I was a fan of her, what I see in NXT and she looks uh, she, like a good wrestler. She did seem like she had something a bit more to her than yeah. a lot of um, the other women on NXT. She's just. It's unfortunate she's not around particularly good workers in NXT. So the thing for her is, is how well she's going to be able to live up to it on the main roster. But they must be pretty high on her. I mean, yes, you know, being put into a big position there with Becky Lynch as effectively the placeholder until they do a trilogy, uh, another match with Trish, probably at SummerSlam again. That was always going to be SummerSlam. I'm shocked yeah. he done it in Saudi. That was always the uh, the plan, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. She. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that could be any woman from NXT, which you're going to find out as well after. <laughs> All interchangeable names that I see in gifts on Twitter doing bad spots. <laughs> Maybe I'll learn one day. Do you want to talk the main event, Matt? Yeah, just before we go into that, I'm going to give it a little... Then I'm going to have to mention the, the segment from SmackDown just to give this a bit, as Gareth said, just a bit of juice, a bit of backstory again. The backstage segment man. on SmackDown was what I live for. Honestly, it was unbelievable where Jimmy was there and he wanted to leave the locker room, Benno, and Roman wouldn't let him leave and got in his face and was like, you know, are you going to do something about it? Are you going to do something about it? When we were kids, I whooped you and I'm going to whoop you now. And then Jay had to get in between and Ben, I fucking loved it. You know, like that's the stuff that I fucking, it was, it was fucking unbelievable. Which led to the KO show with the Usos come out before Roman and Solo and, you know, they would try, Sammy and Kevin were trying to say, like, you're the uh, Roman's the head of the table, but use the heart and soul of the table, trying to get in the reds. And Jimmy said that line, didn't he? When it comes to the bloodline, I'm the tribal chief. So then Roman comes out, gets in the face, brawl ensues. Jimmy ends up with the belts, won't give them to the to Jay at first. He won't even give them to him, won't give them to Roman, but then Jay gets them off him. And then, which takes us to this with the big team, Benno, you know. Jimmy, you shall being the one to uh, pull that trigger on Roman Reigns, and you know what? Obviously, I'm going to let you go first because you know what I think of it. You, you, you talk it down. Go on, you talk it down. <laughs> I thought it was going to be more coming there. No, no I'm no, waiting. Yeah. I could, no, I, I, you know, honestly, I could go on all day about it because this is the stuff, boy. And I'm not even, you know, me. I this is the stuff what keeps me going every week watching wrestling. This, this is the story. I know it's turned into capitals, better dots in between the letters. <laughs> But I fucking this is what I live for, and it's just it just keeps it going though. Ben, there's more, there's so much stuff yeah, you can do. No, it's not, it's not. It, it, people want long term, and you know what you're gonna say it's this too long and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely, but especially for WWE though, Benno, for to do something that makes people want sense. Cold water, they don't want ice. Now, see, we you can go I mean? on so <laughs> many tangents about this, Benno, because you think it doesn't make sense, which I can't believe it makes total sense. This he didn't need no, to lose you- these belts. 
really? I think you've got a phone. I think no. you've got a fundamental like. I, th- I think you think this is more complicated than it is. It isn't. It's. It makes sense. It's just not good. The individual performers are still very good. That that segment on SmackDown you talked about. I'll share your praise for it. Very well done. This angle itself. I mean, you've got to be able to get past the fact that basically every WWE main event that involves Roman Reigns now has this trope where the referee goes down for forty five minutes while they then sit down and have a big chat. Like that's what they do. You know, I don't think that's as creative as as his soul, but it's as black and white as that. That's what they do, and they they insert like this these monologues and do this stuff. It's not hard to understand what they're doing. The story is that the bloodline, you know, is imploding and that the Usos have finally had enough of, of Roman. And yes, there's the whole like, oh, isn't that, isn't that interesting that it's Jimmy rather than Jay that pulls the trigger and he does it on behalf of Jay. And it was very emotive. And again, very well done in the moment. But yeah, like it, it, there's, there's just no, no part of this story that makes more sense and that, that's what I mean when I, when I mean sense. Yeah, I know with you're saying that. Roman Reigns as world heavyweight champion. Like it is it is quite clearly I think at this point a story that was laid out and booked with the idea and I think this goes back to WrestleMania. Roman Reigns, if he'd had lost to Cody or maybe even Sammy earlier, but let's say Cody and lost the belt there, he then took six weeks off. Yeah, that would check out with uh, Roman Reigns having lost that match. He didn't work the next pay-per-view. That would have checked out with Roman Reigns not, not being champion. And this story, which the story is that the, that the Usos have turned on Roman Reigns and that the story around this entire pay-per-view was the fact that Roman Reigns was going to show the Usos how it was done and was going to win the tag belts. No part of that story needed Roman Reigns to be world yeah, champion. Yeah, but it doesn't make as much sense if he lost at WrestleMania as well, does he? No, it does. It just doesn't no, make yeah. sense because you think Roman's the babyface. Roman is a heel. Oh. Roman no, is but a yeah, heel. I, that's an easy cop-out to say he could just come in, but it literally doesn't. That's why he didn't acknowledge them losing t- till he come back. And, and he thought they were all 40. It was sound that he didn't say nothing to them. It is off telly and stuff. And then when he comes back, it's the first thing he, he says. So it, it does. It, no, I don't think it makes sense if, if he lost as well. I know you it can say he's a heel. He's, a, no. he's a maniacal heel leader of this stable. Not and in that. most good good stories, which this isn't, your heel, your heel in the story can absolutely believe what he's saying and can absolutely talk down the use. Like Roman can talk down the Usos and can be, you know, the evil body who is a hypocrite who the story makes so much more logical sense if he is actually. He's shouting at the Usos for something he did himself, which was lose the title. Like he could absolutely tell that that story is so much more compelling than doing the story and Roman's the champion anyway. Because Roman being the champion doesn't add anything to the story other than some justification for the baddie, which you don't need. Yeah, but he's yeah, but he's still gonna de- it's gonna defend the title against these, though, isn't he, Benno? I don't know what you see. This is all, this is pick and fade. And that's terrible. That that's, Cody. There's nothing interesting about that. That's interesting. But he is. He is, though. Because you might get the some. Usos. The Usos yeah. versus Roman Reigns are where this two year long title run ahead of two. That's this one. I, I, I know Usos. you hate the way, but that's what it started with. And that's what it's hopefully going to end with. I've been saying this since the start. Jay Uso should be the one. Who beats Roman Reigns if you're going to finish this quote-unquote story we keep saying? That genuinely would be the most, for me, fulfilling outcome. This is where we differ, and this is where most people differ. But if you've been watching mm. it since the start, that makes the most logical sense for him to win. And all you're not saying is he's going to be pushed as this world champion. 
not everyone has to be this big world champion for two year, two years, like Roman Reigns. He could beat Roman Reigns, win the belt, and then just do whatever. You can, you know, that would make the most logical sense for me, anyway. But I it's, love it. Like, three or four notches below Roman Reigns losing it as the peak to a gigantic, like next generation star like Cody Rhodes or even Sami Zayn. Like the Usos are never going to be at that point. They're make, not they're Sammy Zayn. Not having that Sammy Zayn one. The Cody one, I can see an argument. I can't see an argument. I can. The Sammy Zayn one, no, dead in the water, one off. That made sense mm. in the storyline, whatever. Cody, yeah, I can see for being for. I'm fine with it this way, but I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm sure the company's fine, going to be fine with it this way. And maybe less interesting. I don't know. You know, considerably know less prestigious. It's it's a it's a TV show that's one season too long. This is season seven of The Wire that did. No, you say that, and I said to you the other week on the weekend show, you might have filler episodes of these seasons. This Jimmy you might have Taylor, filler six weeks. Well, I'm saying this Jimmy one on Saturday was the one where you want to stay up and and fuck work off and put the net, next one on Netflix on because of what's happened, and you're going to watch it again. That's what I feel like for this Friday watching the celebration. It's going to follow on, and you're going to get another two, three pay per views out of it. Yeah, genuinely are though. I mean, you could well. have done that without him being champion. Like they absolutely oh, well, could have. And this never gonna go story would make more sense. We're on the round the magic roundabout. We're never gonna change, are we, with each other's opinions? <laughs> but you can't justify not. what you say. I just don't think you're justifying your arguments other than I like it. Like, I don't think there's any argument for what you're saying. I've just said it makes it makes it makes total sense to me what I'm watching. And I think it's good. You, right. you think it makes total sense, but you think it's bad. That's just having different opinions, isn't it? Yeah, that's genuinely what that is. There's nothing else to that. You don't think it's good. I think it's good. It makes sense. So that's just the difference of opinion. I feel like and that's what, for. what I'm saying. I, I don't think you're justifying your arguments. Like, what I'm is the difference? Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm <laughs> justify it. Well, why would you instead of making your next big baby face in Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? Because like, Cody is... didn't, didn't need it. Though. I've said this to you before. If any wrestler can handle not not winning that, I'm giving the emotion and giving the performances. It's Cody, isn't it? He does. Well, if any any wrestler that. could have handled it, it would have been Steve Austin against Shawn Michaels. They could have just elongated the story, and Steve couldn't have won the belt then. They could have done it three years later instead. Then you get a longer story out of it. It would have been a worse story. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. But you, you would have missed that opportunity. You're going fucking, you know. This, you're talking about Steve and Cody here. This is like a different level of like. But you would have missed that opportunity about. to capitalize on crowning your next big baby face. And they've missed that opportunity to tell a story that has run out of juice. Like the, the until this week I... when Roman came back, that last six weeks of SmackDown, I watched it every week, has been painful. The story has clearly lost all momentum that it had going into WrestleMania. But you can you but they could have recouped this this element of the story. Cody and Brock could have been fighting over the world title. That would make more sense because Brock would have a reason to have attacked Cody because they've never dotted that eye across that day. And this story would make more sense because maniacal Roman Reigns can't, can't accept that he also is a reason for the bloodline going down. You could still have the Usos turn on him. You could still get a big grudge match at SummerSlam. And you could even have one of the Usos beat him because then they don't even need to be world champion. I don't see an argument that makes it make any logical sense that he's still the champion, other than saying, somebody woke up and wanted him to still be champion. That there isn't juice on it. You saying, like, when that match does happen, whether it be Jimmy J, that the fans won't be into it and they'd be gagging for them to win. So it's the same No more than like, they would be if he wasn't the champion. Um, I don't be into know, it you know. level, but they won't be into it at the level of Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn. Like, they won't. 
course he the was. The Sammy one, I don't know, that was in his hometown as well. I mean, you can say what yeah, you probably would have been as over, you know, stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know. know. It's just a difference of, of opinion, Ben, isn't it? And whatever, you don't think I'm giving a thing a justification. I think I have there. It's totally. Do you know what I mean? I, he, he should be the champion as well. And maybe this, these milestones people don't like or whatever. That mm. I know what you're going to say. He didn't have a match for the title on the day of the milestone. That's but, another big one. It's a thousand day, which was apparently a big reason why they kept the belt on him. Oh, and no, nobody thought to put him in a title match on the pay per view. But it fits in with the celebration and what's gone on, though, Ben. So I don't know. I don't know. We're going. We're going on roundabouts all the time, aren't we? But I just think we, fundamentally, we, we, love it definitely, but I'm a hundred percent with Ben yeah. on this. Well, right? that's, that's he just isn't like, making. Deflected and saying we agreed. Let's actually have the conversation. Like there are the good stories and bad stories, and this is a story but it's not as well told a story as it could be. I think they... it is, though. It is, though. I can't, I don't know what you want me to say. I can't see. Like, as I say, if it didn't make sense or I wasn't yeah. enjoying it, I'd be the first person to turn around to mm. be fandom or not and say, listen, that doesn't make sense. I found like, plot holes in this that I don't like or whatever. But it, I genuinely don't see a problem with what's going on. So that's my... You know what I think going to happen in this as well? No Richard Roman Reigns still be so. Let's let's take the story out. No, not at all. What 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 does benefit to Roman Reigns still being champion right now? Like, what's the what what are the positives to not having him on the last pay per view? Cody Brock not having the title in their feud, and the literally haven't been a world title program in like two months now. Because the matches haven't suffered after Cody and Brock, they've been amazing. So they didn't need the title for the start. They've still been good matches. Less important, less prestigious. And oh, Cody's yeah. in danger of not being the guy that he oh, could be. Know. And it would say if Cody did win the title, let's just say for shits and giggles, he did win the belt. Don't you mm. think the fans would have turned on him more than if he's still chasing for it? That could happen. That could have happened, Benno. You don't know how it would have went. Well, I, you still have faith in Cody. I mean, you could have got run over by a car. I mean, what's how's that relevance? Like, no, but it is though, isn't it? Because it, it, as I said, keep saying if Cody losing, if any wrestler in the world keeps saying this, genuinely could carry that. It's Cody yeah. more than anybody in wrestling. Literally more What's than the Ryan Danielson argument, though, isn't it? Why have him ever win? Because he he can get over and losing. Like that was I know, that argument. That's really. different because that was like that. That was the plucky underdog. Cody still carries himself like a star, doesn't he? He still, mm. you know, as big is having big, well received matches with Brock as well. Like I keep saying, not on Cody. I'd understand if Cody was proper suffering. You think he might be, but he's not. He's not at he's all not suffering. He's just not. Um, you know, he's he's not Thriving. doing his body cupping. What was that guy? Thriving. Thriving. There you go. That's the word. He's not thriving. He's thriving to a point, but so not if, to the level he could so have been. Cole, so you think it would have been, say, the same finish happened at Backlash where he got the fluke win and he was the champion? You'd, you'd just mm. be as happy with that as well if he was the champion? I mean, no, because you can criticise two things. I could, I could still no, criticise that. But, but that's where it still that. comes down to, like, it's the diff- which is obviously it, the thing of difference of, of opinion. That's what that is. It just feels, though, Matty, that there was a point where the next stage of the bloodline story was the dissolution of the bloodline. And in order for that to really work, they kind of all have, have to lose their, all have to lose their titles. And yeah. then you can have the kind of into bit of battling between yeah. them for it. Now I personally think, and this is my left field kind of suggestion of the day. I think this is where ta- ta- I reckon they're going to sign Tamatonga and Tangaloa to be honest with you and try and work them into this, which I know sounds like fucking scare me. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, just for shits and giggles, just to see what will happen as a result of it. But I think they'll end up making that even more convoluted. It, 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 it's hard not to feel if you're not as 
like if you're not deep into the weeds on a storyline like this, that's what I mean. no, so it doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel like Jay and Jimmy are anywhere sure. near yeah. that level that they need to be. You know, they're not even like on a month. I don't know, like even a Montez Ford as a single star, I could kind of weirdly buy more than yeah. than to a case of Jimmy Uso going for a world title, which I know, you know, there are ways and means you can always kind of rehab this type of stuff. But that's they're still building to Jay though. That's what they're doing. They're still yeah. building all this to, to Jay but eventually, definitely. If, but you can and if argue, you don't then I'll take you there. You can make it logically make sense, but that doesn't yeah. make it good. Yeah. The problem is, is, is you've got better people. You could have gone with Sammy before. That was a better person. Could have gone with yeah. Cody before. That was a better person. I have to disagree with the with the Sammy stuff because I came out with the entrance for this of going, this is a guy who fuck me. Like mm-hmm. they get they go to Saudi enough to think actually pushing Sammy is going to be a big thing. The way those fans bloody reacted to him, I don't see. You know, this is the guy you want on top for fucking each one of those Saudi shows. But he's cutting. Mm-hmm promos in Arabic before the match doing his own ring introduction and people are going to lose their shit each and every time. It's not taking that much for them to do it. Mm. So sadly, it always feels like that kind of missed opportunity. And it's also the fact that, again, they went into a whole load of storyline stuff tonight. Mm. And again, there's stuff for this they should have been doing at Mania, you know, various other things. Like could have been doing some of this stuff even at kind of backlash as well, and it it, it just feels like we've missed like part of that. Mm. Do you think Cody still gets it better at the end of all this? Mm. Next, year. yeah, I think if he wins at Sum- SummerSlam, I think that's le- I think that's it's a bit Lex Luger, that isn't it? <laughs> like it's a, I just no, think it's lesser than. But wait until WrestleMania next year is an ask. Um, and I, yeah, I just don't think the peak's going to be as big as it was at WrestleMania, but. Yeah, that that you know that that's the thing here. I, I think it's 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 yeah. about Cody. It's about this story. It's about it's about everything. I just am convinced somebody woke out of bed the wrong way on WrestleMania and switched things around because there's nothing in the book in the last two months that tells me anyone planned for Roman Reigns to still be champion at this point, um, including the one thousand days thing. Um, does does any of this make sense to you, Gareth? I can see you being. I was about to say, Gareth, uh, be yeah, quiet yeah. for twenty minutes here. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been enjoying that. It, it's 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 a funny one because like obviously. It's a story that I've followed. I was probably more invested in at the start, at the very, very start of it. Mm. You know, when you're going back and you're saying about when he was like, he was fighting one of the Usos at the start and things. I was actually watching it then and I've sort of like drifted a, drifted away from it um, over that time time period. All I will say is I'm glad I haven't watched 200 hours of fucking television <laughs> to get to this point of like two years of SmackDown because it doesn't, the storyline as it pieces together doesn't feel like it war- is it, that it warrants uh, that amount of time. But I suppose my only view on it would be I watched that WrestleMania main event finally um, the other night. Mm-hmm. That felt for all the thing in the world that Cody Rhodes should have watched, should have won that match when I was watching it. I was just like, how did he not win this match? The crowd was primed for it. Cody just looked right for it. He looked like a star and that scene and everything like that. It just, it, it just felt totally like he, sh- he should have won that, won that. But the flip side of the argument is you look at WWE's TV ratings and things like that over this time period and they've improved and they continue to improve. So although, you know, the, the people who, the WWE fans, more of them are watching WWE television because of this story and continue yep. to do so sort of thing. So from a business standpoint, it feels like it, um, it, sort of, it, feels like it makes sense. But from a, a booking and story 
line perspective as Benno's detailing that out there I find it very hard to disagree with what Benno's saying completely I just feel like I, I just feel like to me one of the Usos being world champion just does not make sense to me like at all even as a it, the punctuation of this story doesn't feel like it needs to be over the belt it, it feels like it needs to be over the positions within the, the hierarchy family. of the family rather than a bit rather than over the belt and also if it wasn't over the belt now at this stage that other fucking stupid belt that that crap first match was uh, taking place for wouldn't need to exist either so uh, that's Amen. that would have been another that would have been another good. bonus but do you think on, yeah. on like that thing ben do you reckon roman must have like some sort of obviously clout that like he's not going to be losing this belt with this belt getting created. Do you know what I mean? So he, is he going to hold it, like you're saying, until next WrestleMania? Is that what it is going to be? <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't have made this other belt, would he? Back this hasn't got the last, the last, the last WrestleMania. I don't think as good as it's been. Like, I, my favourite TV show in the world could have been 50 seasons. And you can go, look, you're getting 50 seasons of it. I'd be like, no, I was fine with five. It, it went from being the best TV show I've ever watched to... You know, something that stuck around. It turned into The Simpsons. That's what this is. It's the fucking Simpsons. We had 10 great seasons, and now we're on season 45. And this time next year, we'll have the same fucking conversation. And I'll be like, oh, no, there's this new Uso. Um, he's actually 17. He just came out of the performance center. He's the I'm one all in for that. Moment. I'm all in. You'll be Dave laughing Uso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as Rob is still champion, Ben, there's your title. In the world. Dave Uso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where we're going. But yeah, that, that I don't know. Are we been on been on this like you say? We've been on this uh, this roundabout uh, as we were saying on our <laughs> on our Discord. You know, like <laughs> I'm glad you haven't pulled out your. Uh, oh, it's been ages now. Why'd you care? After three months ago, telling me to let it play out, and that reminds me of Matthew's other favorite argument, which is if you don't like it, don't watch it. And then when I don't watch it, he goes. Well, you don't watch it. Yeah, you can't follow it. You can never win. You can never ever win. I think everyone knows that. Listening, you can never win. No, I've lost. Despite being right. Anyhow, there you go. (laughs) There's your roundabout for this one. Anything else on that match? Anything on the pay per view itself? I don't know. Is there anything else to say? No, as you say, it was in a you know well received pay per view, wasn't it? Maybe for you guys, you know, with the uh, expectations, as you said, Ben. But yeah, I thought it was a thumbs up show for sure. Definitely. I, I agree with that. I enjoyed it. I, I did, I, again, lower expectations considering everything else lagged with the off for, but I, I found it a more enjoyable watch than the AEW show. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously, People on a good run, though, Ben, on pay-per-views mm-hmm. as well, and with these hot crowds in the different countries that they're in, and next month with it being in London as well, so you, you, you're thinking there's guaranteed another hot yeah, crowd. Maybe a fourth there. hot crowd in a row. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a good it. plan, isn't it? And you know, full caveat. Yeah, obviously we know Saudi Arabia shows a shows a gross. Felt, felt a little bit less gross this year. Sammy being out there, um, it was like uh, you know, and it, obviously it meant something to him to to be there. You know, I said this, I said this again privately. We to, Sammy's done more for Syria than any of us are ever going in our lifetime. Mm. So I'm not going to judge him for being happy to be out in Saudi Arabia. So you know, there is that, but. Yeah, that's going to be a, a constant conversation with these shows. But yeah, if there's a, there's nothing else on that. We should talk uh, some of the uh, the other stuff. Probably going to have to be a bit quick fire on the uh, the other shows that took place this mm. week. Um, should we do one quickly that we'll all agree on? Uh, Impact Under Siege. Um, yeah. You oh, know what? Like, brilliant. This this is a bit this is a big discussion point for me this week. I think WWE show I enjoyed more because it had, in my view, the better high end match. Under Siege overall as a show, again yeah. expectations being lower because it's Impact. Was just an overall more enjoyable watch than double and up, and it sounds like around the table we uh, we all agree. Absolutely, it, there was a point 
for this, where like the beginning of the show, you don't need to worry about watching. Like I think for the the, the first kind of couple of matches and everything else, whether it's Nick Aldis, I mean the Killy Keller Masha Slamovich stuff was kind of fun, but it's all kind of nonsense. And I have to say, I think from the World Tag Team Championship, which I know, uh, given our shtick about British wrestling, I have to say a shout out to South South Wales subculture or subculture as they're known. Here. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Um, because I thought the match they had with Ace Austin and Chris Bay, I thought it was a cracking tag team match. But it was like a proper tag team match. I thought they came in and yeah, it was very much like they're getting their shit in. They were getting all their kind of big spots and the rest of it in, but I was absolutely fine with that. ABC, Austin and Bay, I get very big Motor City Machine Guns vibes from them as a team. You just think you stick them around. You've got your single stars when you do do the kind of feud for them. Ace Austin definitely has something just like about him as a worker. I think he's incredibly smooth. Bay can be a bit more rough around the edges, but I thought that was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about it, but I mean, on that one, I'd be I'd be up around 3.75. Um, I thought it was Chris Bazenna and JP, that match. Yeah. It was fucking the moon, as you say, everyone getting the shit in at the end, but it was all flowed so well. Yeah. It was just... Put- Executed no way, It was so good, and I say I haven't seen the British lads for I don't know how long. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the that they hadn't missed a beat when, I, when I'd seen them. Fucking loved it. It's a good landing spot for them. Oh, big, big time! And, and you know what? Like, you know, you kind of like you've obviously you've gone through this whole period of like Brit rest boom and things like that, and then you've fallen things out into like NXT UK and then a lot of like negativity over the British wrestling scene and things like that. And then watching this match here, I was just like, fucking hell, you forget how good Mark Andrews is. And like, and it was yeah. something we always knew when we always said at the time of like Brit rest boom and, you know, seeing him on, you know, shows that, you know, progress shows and things like that. But like, what is, he's just, Smooth as silk, isn't he? And he can just yeah. he can just be in there with absolutely anybody. And like he's he's been there, done it. He's still still can fucking go. And you know, Flash Morgan Webb is someone who I was never engaged in the character and things like that. Like uh, as a as a re- wrestler previously, but again in the, in this match, you know, he is somebody that you know he can rise to the occasion when he's given like an opportunity. And I thought like he really did here. And, you know, I think one of the testament to both of them is just how they just got the crowd up here. Like when, when flash hit that fucking swanton from the corner post to the outside, the crowd, that was the biggest, like the crowd were just up at the highest point of that, that match, you know? And I thought he fucking, he, he, he had quite a long sort of beat down, didn't he? In that match flash. And like, I thought he, he did a cracking job there on like the, the cell, like before, you know, for the hot tag for uh, Andrews as well. And I mean, you talk about like Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I feel like we've been just talking about them as just every impact show that we've ever talked about on here. We were always like, God, those lads are good, you know? And like, they're just, they're just two people there consistently deliver all the time. They're just like, they're just getting better and better every time you watch them. And they've just got two proper genuine, like, you know, feel like stars in the making, the pair of them there, because although they work a certain style, they've both just got something unique and individual about both of them that maybe just makes them stand out for the pack that other wrestlers who, you know, work in, in that style as well. Like I, I really loved this. I was, I was chuffed because I said to you, didn't I JP? I was like, I'll probably watch from the, 
Grace Perazzo uh, match onwards, and then you said, "No, nah, no, nah, I watch it from the tag match onwards," and I'm yeah. fucking so glad. I, so Lost, glad. I, yeah. and, and also shout out for Danny Luna as well because they did the promo yeah. before the match, and she she was really good on that promo as well. Like she, I thought, oh god, I didn't know she could talk like that kind of thing. I thought she came across well. So all in all, massive thumbs up for me this one. Yeah, it feels like. This is the thing about Impact. And I spoke about this at the start of the show, about the idea that a lot of these shows are kind of reflective of the goods and bad of the company. The thing about this show is, and I have to say, like, we'll talk about the main event in a little bit. One of the things they have done well is establish cornerstones of each division for a period of time. Say enough for a and while, those people and those people tend to be your workhorses, whether it was Bailey in the X division, whether it was Jordan Grace as a knockouts champion, whether it was Josh Alexander as world champion or Trey Miguel as X division champion. And now you've got a tag team you can put into that mix who are relatively fresh, who you've got some decent opponents in there as well. And like I say about Danny Luna as well, the, the thing is as well is it's not overcrowded like AEW. So there are chance chances for a Danny Luna to move up the card that, that, that are there and that she'll get some TV time. And that, subculture will also get some TV time because I can think on the back of this, they'll be going, yeah, we will get them in. Like this is a, it, it's a good pickup. It's a common sense signing. Like a bit like Leon, like, a bit like when Arsenal signed Leandro Trossard. <laughs> Solid. Matt, Matty Flash Morgan Webster fan. I never thought I'd see the day. Said there maybe not me and Gareth. Well, Gareth said there, the mod father gimmick enough for me, myself, Gareth, <laughs> but put him in there, mate, in this tag match. And he's boss. Honestly. I saw him on some of the some of those like bigger NXT UK cards and those big tag matches and the rest of it. You could tell that Flash Morgan West has really worked hard at improving. Yeah. And if this is the part, if this is the way his career goes, then fine. I think this is a, a good use for both of them because I don't think a single star is going to be getting that kind of push in the states. But as a tag team, there's there's good opportunities for tag teams. I just wish I'd been in the room. Instead of being in the room for some of the boring parts of the double or nothing, baby, I wish I'd been in the room when Matty got to see the uh, the double reverse run or whatever the fuck oh, it was. poison yeah. run, double poison run. Oh. I kind of, oh, mate. But the finisher they had with, it's a running knee by Webster, is it, into the poison yeah. runner themselves, that finisher? But then they just done a double one. It was like, I was at Art Receipt then, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like what they're doing with Alex Shelley as well. I like that story. I think that's a good, like, he's a good veteran, like, under, like I said, I, I said it when I was on True Hill, he's on Saturday. Alex Shelley, someone in, honestly, in 2000, this sounds silly now. I thought, like, I thought he was going to be an equivalent of, like, a punk, a Brian, uh, all of those guys, your Joes, those guys who went on to, like, fully change wrestling. I think he kind of did it in a quiet way, you know, as far as being an influential tag team and a great wrestler and trainer behind the scenes. But I honestly thought he was going to be one of the biggest stars in wrestling because he was a great promo back in the day as well. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice to see him get this little uh, old man run, you know, get the knob for the uh, the scramble six-way and and get, like, maybe a world title program out of it. I think that's uh, kind of cool, to be honest. So I thought that was a positive. Two weeks, he's getting the shots, which is pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, that's it. But suppose the big matches, Matt, where do you want to start? Yeah, I said, what about the women's uh, knockout mm. title match, boys? I thought that was, you know, that did have a, another good story going in where it was, the honour was free, you know, against mm. Jordan Grace and this was her last shot and stuff like that. And they never let you down, do they, Gareth, these two when they have a match for me, like just always oh, deliver. Oh, I mean, 
They had, they had the match at Slammiversary in 2020, and I remember raving about it on this podcast. Like uh, it was yeah. like what well, it was one of my matches of the year for for, yeah. for 2020. I think the the chemistry between them were absolutely like fantastic. And I thought, yeah, I think it was a comfortably my women's match of the year that year. And then they had a, a rematch. I think it was like a month later at Emergence or something. And again, it was like literally back to back. They just had two two absolute bangers and it, they're almost just there just in my head this idea of like if it's uh Perazzo and Jordan Grace I just know that they're just gonna absolutely you know kill it and I just think they've just got something where they always like saying like mixed martial arts like styles make fights and then you know I almost feel like these two are just like perfect opponents for each other that whole like power versus technicality but they're still still sort of like quite match up from like a size wise perspective and things quite well so that they can you know that like Diana can still be in power stuff and things like that as well that just puts another facet in the in in a match like they're just I don't know they're just two of those people that you just you just throw it you, you just throw out and you just know that they're just going to work so well to, together and again I really really enjoyed this. This this one again, you know, I love the finish as well. Just with gonna the, say that Queen's Gambit, having, the, having the original Queen's Gambit, but then then yeah. doing it from the second row to get the yeah. to get the one two three fucking cracking finish. And I, t- I tell you, they, when I see these two, I have matches. I'm always just like, oh, I wish more people were seeing these. I always think yeah. like where awesome. you look at some women's divisions where there's there's people on TV. You know, we talk about a tie Valkyrie like earlier on and things like that. Mm-hmm. These two should be like killing it on an AW pay per view in front of fucking absolutely tons of people, not not hidden away here on Impact. So, yeah, that's the big question: is where does Jordan Grace go where next? Going, yeah. You would yeah. imagine AW feels like more of a natural landing spot, I suppose, and there's more. Not after the Gresham stuff, though. That's she'd do well in WWE. Yeah. Then I think I think she'd do all right. Well, I think there is. Yeah. If she's in WWE. Do you push her straight up onto the main roster? Do you put into NXT for a bit? I think they'd put into NXT, but I think they'd be missing a trick. Did she take time out of wrestling to do the bodybuilding stuff? That's what I the rest is of the rumor, JP. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. That feels like that's something that's maybe a bit more of a passion. And as with a lot of things in wrestling, if she feels like she doesn't need it for a short period of time, it's possibly good to just take that break, see where mm-hmm. the landscape kind of lies in a in a few months. But she she's really I mean we've spoken about Deonna in the, in the past, but Jordan Grace is someone who's really had just like a couple of really cracking years in impact. He's going to leave looking so much better than, than when she joined and is, is a good pickup for any major company. If, uh, if, if they're going to be pushing her, because she's proven she can work at the top level of it and the remarkable levels of consistency she's had. It's the old uh, Tommy Zeeva and Raven as well, isn't it? Like she's four and oh now, so if she does decide to come back, try and get that big win like they okay. used to do. So yeah, good, <laughs> great stuff. And what about the main event then, boys? PTO oh, and I'm back. <laughs> where do we? Where anyone want to start? Where do you start? Oh, <laughs> I was fucking hate it. <laughs> uh, Fully. Steve Macklin, isn't it? Like <laughs> Macklin, mate. Was, I'd, I'd see well, I know who he is now, so at least there's that. If he turns up, if he's in like an ID parade and he's covered in blood, I'll feel like out. Uh, regular Steve Macklin, still not sure on. But like I'd I'd seen the images of him like bleeding got and people were raving about it. And I think I'd vaguely seen something in some of our chats about like it, but I tried to avoid it going in. 
and what I still had a fucking great time watching it. Like that blade job, if it, it wasn't even a blade yeah, job, was it? It was from the, the cookie tray or whatever. Like that was ridiculous. You could literally see the skin hanging off his head. Yeah. That might not be a selling point to Gareth, but we'll, we'll get pouring out of his head though, are Like pouring <laughs> like, away. <this> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to the point it was concerning, like the Eddie one. Yeah. Like I, everyone raves about the Eddie one, but I didn't enjoy that in the moment. Despite my reputation, I was just worried. <laughs> like I thought he was gonna die. Like genuinely, like uh, not even from a working point of view or whatever. Just like literally, the man himself should not be losing that much blood. Um, and it was a little bit like that. That was great, but it's just PCO, isn't it? Like you kind of think with PCO, you've seen him do all his tricks. Yeah. You've seen it. Uh, and he shouldn't be doing it either, absolutely. Like, almost don't endorse it. But it's like, you know, the stupid bumps on concrete that we all saw him doing, you know, going back to the Walter match and all the GCW stuff. And then he got his ROH deal, which didn't really make any sense at the time. And he carried on doing wild stuff here. He's done wild stuff here. The idea of PCO doesn't really make me go, oh, I'm going to watch that now because I feel like I've seen it all. Yeah. And then I watch this. <laughs> it's like, he can still fucking shock you, can't he? Like, that, those staple spots. Like, literally getting his fucking mouth yeah. stapled and you could see... You could see him pulling them out with the pliers. <laughs> fucking Nuts. idiot, oh. isn't he? Absolute fucking moron. <laughs> 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 it was It was like you, Matt. It was just funny watching it. It was a laugh watching yeah. these two fellas almost die, basically, uh, is what I enjoyed about this match. <laughs> this was the only way, though, this match was ever going to get over if they didn't yeah. go absolutely fucking batshit. And they did. Yep. And it worked for yeah. what I would say up until the post-match, it kind of worked. It, and even for part of the post-match, it kind of worked. Because I think the job for this, and this yeah. is the thing to come away from it, is PCO on top because they're in Canada and they thought they might shift a few more tickets than possibly. Crowd seemed to really enjoy it anyway. But it was about knowing who Macklin is. Sorry, yeah. Benno, to come away from it. <laughs> and you come away knowing who he is. And I think he comes across as looking incredible. And the blade job helps him look like a fucking hard guy. Yeah. You're always kind of what you want. You always I always was. He was championing it before even I was, JP. He was. Right. I thought he was, there was something about him when he came in and I went, okay, he seems to be one of these guys who's leaving WWE, but a real chip on his shoulder of, I need to distinctively show that I am a bit, I am better than being some sort of unknown unknown guy on NXT and the rest of it. And he came in and it was just like a kind of more, just a brutal, wild working style, which yeah. seemed to work for him. But this is the first time we've had the blade job and stuff like that into the mix. Now, he can't be doing this every month. And I think, like yeah. say, you get Alex Shelley next, you can have the good matches with him, which, I, and that, that'll, again, is the next test. Can he have good matches that deliver on a main event level? I mean, we don't know until we see it. But of all the people that are going to take a punt on, he was the one where he thought, well, at least he's fresh. And now, if this goes as well as the PCO match and the reaction to that has done, then you think when Josh Alexander comes back, you're coming back to the really interesting feud and storyline. And that's all you can want between two guys that you've effectively made yourself. So yeah, I am yeah, I'm 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 on side. I'm on the me, me and Matt have been on the Macklin train yeah. for a while. And I can kind of he, he's not there yet. But no, he's but it's- definitely better. And, and what do you do? Do you put Eddie Edwards into that position or whoever else in that card? No. Macklin is, yeah, is worth trying. Are you on the Macklin train, Gareth? I am. I remember me and, I remember me and JP, like, on this show about 12 months ago, having, like, a really, like, detailed conversation about how high we were on him, I think, with his work at that time, like, like coming in. I think, from memory, I think there was maybe, like, a... Um, 
there was maybe like an Ultimate X match or something like that that that, that he was part of. I think that Alexander was in, and that they, yeah. they, they they beat the fucking shit out of each other, and like it was it was. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was that it was there. it was a, it was a multi man anyway. But the um, like. He just look. He's just got that like hardness about him, you know. I, I always love the. I, I love wrestlers who look like the fucking hard bastards who would knock the shit out yeah. here, and like he just has that. Rugged, didn't he? he just and, and, rugged. And, and that blade job there, it was like Stone Cold Steve Macklin, like and this one. Really, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, he was like Cagey uh, Macklin, oh. more like the fucking <laughs> Muto fucking job. Uh, I like. Uh, like you know, I'll uh, we'll always have the thing with like me and death matches, and like what I'll always say is like I I hate throwaway pointless spots in 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 matches. Like I hate the use of weaponry and little things that are just they're just there and they're just happening because doesn't mean nothing. Nothing in this match felt like superfluous at all. Like and and I think what they did a good job with the video pre-match as well just kind of thing, just to sort of just fill you in and just kind of just have that like like build that. That almost, you know, justification kind of going into the into the match as well. So that worked. But some of the stuff here, like you say, like the fucking the staples in the mouth and things like like, you, like fucking what can you say about that? You know, like that, that that's how, one guy's doing that to the other while he's pissing blood. Like you've not seen anything like you know down his face at the the same time. Some of that fucking smashing the concrete slabs on his back with the sledgehammer <laughs> as well. There was just some good, like I would say, like even if it's something that's just a bit different or a bit unique or a bit standout and things like that in these type of matches, they're always not just oh, here we come, he's the pain of glass, as I'll always say, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> just doing something a bit different and just making it stand out a bit more. Like I love this. Why you I, like uh, Necro Joe and why you don't like Nick Gage? It's the difference between those. It's the difference between Necro Butcher and Nick it's Gage. Working isn't them it? properly, isn't it? It's uh, working it into the match instead of just doing it. And and PCO, no, like at the end of the day, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Like you know, he's like he's 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 a Proper, proper wrestler is a proper worker, isn't he? Kind of thing. Exactly. You know, exactly. Exactly. So it's not like he's he's just some fucking, you know, garbage fucking guy. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, he fucking knows how to work it into the match properly and do bits. And yeah, some of it's campy and it's a bit hammy and things like that. But it just goes along with what it all is. I, I genuinely, I would say, I agree with JP up until the point of the post-match stuff. I reckon this was the match I had the most enjoyment watching all weekend. This was like, oh. which based across all those, and 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 I would say that I had more enjoyment watching this pay-per-view than either the WWE three matches that I watched or the AEW one as well. Big tick in the, but. I mean, I was going to say we always say. I don't say it all the time anymore, but you know, you know. But we've always said, and then Yusuf always said, they always deliver these fucking impact pay per views. They, they do. always, always deliver. It's it, it. It just makes you want to watch more. I, I never finish an impact pay per view thinking, like, oh, I'm done, done with them. I don't want to watch anymore. Always look forward to watching them again. It's been two and a half years of us saying that, oh, I yeah, think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with maybe one exception, the right way through, and we're talking a lot of shows. Um, oh, great, can I just great say about them cinder blocks at the end, though, boys? Like, you can tell they weren't gimmick because he landed flat on them and he didn't smash. And when in the post match, when he got his head through into it, he actually put his hands up because <laughs> fucking hell, he's taking the back on them, but not his head because they weren't gimmick at all. <laughs> Real deal, them. Fucking mad, <laughs> madman. Um, <laughs> Gareth mentioned the uh, the post match there. Do you want to defend it, man? <laughs> you know, no, I would no, say no, no. Go on, executed go well. 
Yeah, it's just mm. people in it is the problem. It's bully <laughs> like, yeah. really well done. Bully Ray yeah. doing the whole choking um, Scott Demore thing was very well done. And even um, putting Alex Shelley building the matchup coming out to try and yeah. save them for the and next Matt month. Having yeah. like that kind of distrust them, but like evil kind of like team up thing. All well done. Even Ray Holtz, Ray Holtz getting involved off the commentary yeah, desk and all that, yeah. making it. Why would, he, yeah. why would he just sit there? Like, I love that, all of that. You know, he tried to stop it. But it's Bully Ray, you're going to say. <laughs> but it's Bully Ray. And you know, Matt, you know, this is another one of my yeah. things. I love Bully Ray in yeah. that era of... 12 years ago. Yeah, but it was 12 years ago. I don't want to see it now. Yeah. But and right, and I, I, I thought, sorry, I thought it took some of the steam yes, away from Macklin. Yes. Like, yeah. Bully Ray looked like the feature and Macklin looked like the secondary. But Gareth, that's what they're going to, apparently. It's real that it's going to be Demore versus Bully Ray at Slammiversary. I've read that somewhere and I cannot believe that, if it's true. Have you read that, JP? Yeah, we'll need to know the sort of, We can't just say I... we heard something. Where's it from? We wouldn't be. Oh, I see someone on Twitter, sorry. I see someone on Twitter, sorry, say it. Yeah, I mean, come and on. I thought, and it's in Canada as well. It, the next baby is in Canada again. So I'm thinking... Maybe. Yeah. Could, it could happen. It could happen, Maybe. boys. They're doing a long run of, like, Canadian shows and the rest of it for that. But, I mean, I... Macklin wasn't the... He wasn't the focus in the end. It was Bully Ray. Yeah. And, that's, and that's ultimately my problem with that. Right. Even the call by uh, Tom, uh, what's Tom Phillips? Hannafin, Hannafin yeah. you absolute bastards! As the power, I love every one of loads. What a call that was! And, and kind of, uh, I was, that was a point I just wanted to make here. I say it every time as well. Best fucking commentary duo in the game. These yeah. two, Good. best, yeah. best, best yeah. in the biz. The fucking <laughs> the pair of them. I love, I love the, what they bring to the show every every single time. Like class, first class. Brilliant. And then also on the impact show. No, like I say, just go from the tag match towards yeah. the end, and it's a yeah. lot of fun. The other stuff on the undercard, you don't need to worry about watching. Yeah. We haven't talked about Trey Miguel, Chris Saban, but that was another fucking banger as well. That was yeah, just 100, yeah. 100 mile an hour, crisp as fuck. Worth a watch, definitely. Brilliant. Well, yeah, we're going to uh, let Gareth uh, go there. We've got a couple more shows to get through. We'll, we'll be quick. New Japan, best yeah. of Super Juniors, and uh, NXT Battleground. But you didn't get yourself to NXT Battleground, uh, Gareth, didn't uh, didn't get round to that one on the uh, on the homework. Neither did I, mate. Uh, no, no, Washing me, me, me here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I got one match in. <laughs> I've got more to say on best of Super Juniors, though. So uh, yeah, um, going to say, do you want to plug the grapple? No, um, and then you know, Gareth, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the big can't tell shop. Yeah, yeah. Grapple.bigcartel.com. Go and buy a t-shirt. There's a couple left. There you go. <laughs> good plug. Well, uh, looking good, are you? Be good having, uh, having Garrett back on, on you? I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll chat again very soon, mate. Cheers, mate. Mm-hmm. See you next week, lads. That way. See you, mate. Uh, well, on that note, yeah, New Japan best Super Junior JP. Um, how much have you seen from the uh, from the final weekend? Um, I've, I've seen the two semis and I've seen the uh, the final uh, itself. Um, Cracking into the tournament, surprising win, and again three great matches. Yeah, I would go with you. I mean, I've cherry picked some of the earlier matches mm. as well uh, on there. I mean, and a couple of things. I would go out of your way to watch. There's a couple of matches in particular. One is El Desperado versus Francesco Akira. Mm. Um, that was absolutely fucking belting, and it main event. It's like one of the the later shows in there as well. I'd also give a shout out for Leo Rush versus Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey generally had a tournament. I thought this was a really strong best of the Super Juniors. Not as good as that kind of epic one, which ended up with Shingo versus Osprey, but I don't know if anything's ever going to supersede that 
as a kind of like a junior tournament. But yeah, you mentioned it about the two semifinals. I thought, I mean, the results didn't go the way that people liked. No. However, seeing how the how the final went, it's very hard to argue that it wasn't a decision. It was a decision that was worth going with, I'd have to say, as long as they changed that poor lad's on. gimmick ultimately. But they've made some they made stars. Like people might yeah. be is now over. Leo Rush was already, but you know, to to an extent. Like this felt fresh. This felt like New Japan. New Japan is back as a thing that we're, we're constantly going to say, yeah. isn't it? But like, it did feel like New Japan again, and it did feel fresh. And a lot of that was to do with who made the semis. It was, you know, a, a shock that like Despy, for example, th- didn't go through. But like, yeah, the three of those four guys, like, e- like even right down to like Titan, like Titan, someone you probably wouldn't have guessed would make it to the final. Like, he's never really, he've, he's always been well protected, but he's not, protected is probably not even the way, well featured, but like, he's never really felt like a proper guy in this yeah. division. There's a proper guy in this division. Like, instead of going that tried and tested Hiromu route, I'd argue they made like those guys thought, now that we're the end of the tournament, I, I, I stand by what I said about Dan Maloney. I don't think he really made an impression from the things I saw. He was just a wrestler there to make up the numbers. Um, and that's Dan Maloney, um, I think. As far as things go, it might sound harsh. But I don't know. I think he had an opportunity here to stand out, and I'm not sure he did. Correct me if I'm wrong, JP, if, if there's anything there you saw of his, I... uh, his tournament stuff. But... The Robbie Eagles is possibly the highlight stuff, and that's even more about how he did his finisher in the end out of the the slice bread I think more than anything else I think the impression I got with him at the end of it is I thought he didn't have like he didn't shit the bed or anything else he was like perfectly Mm -hmm. fine in some ways what I came out thinking was actually if you put him in a tag team with TJP for a bit and have Francesco Akira as like the United Empire like junior guy that's a much better mix because he would learn a lot teaming with TJP and he'd be out of the firing line of being in a junior, like as a as a singles in the junior division. Whereas Francesco Akira has got something, and you I think know, really the bit I jumped in with Francesco Akira, I fucking yeah. love from this tournament. Him and oh. Kevin Knight, they're the other two that I thought like yeah. proper. I know they're already known known in like the New Japan ecosystem, but they both felt like they took a couple of steps forward in this tournament. Yes, yeah, they did, like so many others did for it, and even the ones who didn't do well in this, it was like mm. well, it was. Taguchi, it was Kushida, yeah. people who should be at that tail end. Totally. Even people like Dookie have kind of improved. I mean, the issue is the house of torture stuff we show, who's a perfectly good wrestler if he's ever allowed to fucking wrestle on there as well. <laughs> but ultimately, what do they need to do? They needed to create some new stars. They had the smart move of putting Wattle over, over in his hometown. I have to say, I mean, talking about the final, that final was fucking great. Like, it really fucking picked up steam and the crowd were massively into it. And I think this is part of it where that New Japan crowd have been itching to kind of react properly to stuff, and they now can do. And the it attendance... Was... more drama. When, like, oh, a T-Tan's hitting, like, those, you know, double stumps to the back and going after the back and stuff, and the crowd are oohing and ahhing with it and believing it's the finish when he grabs the submission and stuff like that. Like, that just... It adds 10 mm-hmm. levels of drama. Does it? it's, it's an obvious thing to say, but, like, if that was happening in a vacuum, it'd be, you know, yeah, New Japan <laughs> in a vacuum that we saw for two and a half years. And if Titan had gone over, I don't think I would have been that surprised or I would have been particularly upset because I would have gone, yeah. actually, he's really good and they're going to go with him and he's going to be like their luchador in the juniors for a bit. And it's perfectly fine because he's fresh as yeah. well. So 
like I, I thought really good, but for Master Watto, there's more of a maturity. I like that finisher. Mm. He does like in in terms, and there was a couple of times where he couldn't go for the pin early enough because he was kind yeah. of losing him on it. But I thought that added to the drama of it that way. That rough, rough kind of scratchy moves can you call it sloppy, but it's more that, isn't it? Rough is probably a better word. Yeah, yeah. It's at the end of a long tournament. You're not going to hit everything mm. perfect. That's the logical thing. And you know, it's after it's him and Hiromu. Just put the belt on him and move Hiromu out of that division. Despy's gone off to do GCW's tournament survival. I don't know why. I mean, when I put it up on the Discord, people saying, well, he likes doing death matches because he's mates with Jun Kasai. I just I don't, don't I know. Japan. I can't, wait to, can't wait to preview that on Friday, JP. I'm excited. And I'm never excited about GCW these days. That looks boss. It's wild. I'll watch his stuff just for shits mm. and giggles. But this is a guy who should be in the heavyweight division in New Japan, much well, like yeah, Hiromi. They both should be in, both of them I'd be putting into the G1. Mm. Like, I really would do. And he can be their start off year in the G1, so they don't have to have perfect records. Probably more focus on Hiromi than, say, Despi in there, but that's where they really should be. Because now they've got a whole lot of other new juniors they can put into the mix with Master Y. But, but he has done, he's looked good. The hair isn't as blue. He looks relatively normal. I mean, I'd lose the 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 um uh the I'd lose the name costume and the name. You should drop it all. Like he really should. If you're a young lion, you don't come back as a master. It's just bollocks. It doesn't work. Like it's logical. He is as a person is clearly connected, and that's what in hindsight this tournament was about, and it's worked. But I would say he was in two of my favorite matches of the tournament. The final, obviously, we've just talked about Mm. very much enjoyed that. I'd probably go as high as like four points. Oh, yeah. Five maybe on that one, yeah. But I probably also go four point five on the semi match with Speedball because yes. I really fucking love that too. I thought that was that was Speedball's swan song in this tournament, and he's been great. Uh, you won't believe it, Matt, but he actually did um, a spot on the uh, the apron where he did like a moonsault. He landed on his own knees. Well, you know, Speedball. Yes. <laughs> as it progressed through the tournaments, where I think on a mania weekend. He can be guilty of doing the same stuff in all the matches because it's different promotions. Here, it like it bled, they bled into each other. Yeah. It made logical sense that his opponents had scouted him as the tournament went on. But that semi match was probably my favorite match of the tournament. And he put over Master Watto really strong while still getting himself over. And the other match I haven't mentioned on here was the, the Leo Rush match. Really enjoyed that as well. Thought that was uh, probably up there in the 4.5s as well. There's there's three from a tournament that, yeah, I've got a few blind spots in there and there has been a picker and a chooser. It's just flew by. It's been too quick. It's it's kind of, you know, it was done in like two and a half weeks. Maybe that's a positive as well, but it made mm. it hard to... Other than the opening weekend and the closing weekend, a little bit where I jumped in because I wanted to see how Dan Maloney looked against this wrestler or I wanted to see how Speedball went with that wrestler. Um, it was a hard one to keep up with, but the stuff I saw was high-end. I think it's a better option for them because if nothing yeah. else, it, the focus wasn't on the heavyweights for a couple of weeks. Yeah, And we're going to get plenty of that with the G1 and Dominion as well, um, which when you say about the New Japan being back, I mean, you look at the Dominion card, if nothing else, the mid card and the undercard is more fleshed out and developed. We are away now, thank God, on major shows of having just reams of pointless multi-mans that you'd be putting on a Kurokan fucking house show. We're not having yeah. that. It feels like we're actually having proper matches pre-interval for once again with some new fresh talent. And that's all we've wanted for such a long time. Definitely. Well, uh, obviously, we'll be previewing uh, Dominion um, on the weekend show, so there's plenty more uh, New Japan to talk about. But, yeah, I suppose while we're on short, short on time, that's kind of it, really, isn't it, as far as uh, highlights go. There's uh, plenty to uh, to sink your teeth into there. 
NXT Battleground. Uh, any strong thoughts on that one, uh, Matty? Uh, did you catch up with that today? I've, like I say, I've seen two matches. I've actually seen two matches from it. Uh, what did I you see? I didn't get past get past Dijak and uh, I was going to say Dijak and Dijakovic then Dijak and uh, you got match uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not just Roman the lads. I can't stand with the fucking melodrama. Like we established this, there's a hierarchy of the melodrama. There's the fucking books and the the books and uh, Kenny yeah. love doing it. Roman loves doing it now with the with the bloodline. The the actual real problematic boys who started are fucking Champer and Gargano. Gargano, yeah. But we also got it here with uh, Dragonoff, who, who pulled it from his uh, stupid progress stuff. Um, there's like I don't know, they were supposed to, him and Karen Awar did like a whole thing of the lovers or something. It was it was a weird story they did. He's got that in his locker too. I prefer him when he's just wrestling. Um, I got a bit of a kick out of Dijakovic's like eighties action movie villain. Ah, oh, he's, he's got going yeah. now. There's something <laughs> to be said for that. I just don't know how much of it I really want to see. Like, Did you not I, I enjoy the match, though, Ben? Did you not enjoy this? It was too much. It was too much. Was everywhere. it really? Yeah. I, Fair it play. Like, it, it's been a long weekend of wrestling, though. Like I say, and it yeah. was just yeah. It, I thought this was great. This like this the spots where he dove through the table, sacrificing himself to like jump onto him at near the start, and some of the bumps he took onto the steps, Ben, and mm-hmm. the kendo stick shots getting uh, more stiffer and stuff like that. And then I love the finish as well, the jumping off the steps with the forearm, digging him into the chair. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, obviously I can take the, <laughs> the melodrama more than yourself. So I fucking love this. I thought, <laughs> it was, thought it was a great match. Like, it really did. And I thought the show was good, though, Ben. I thought the opener was a great little freeway. Tyler Bate, your man. And uh, Wesley and Joe Gacy went out there and had a... Wesley, Beno, I, I think he's one of the best around, to be honest, watching him. He's been great as North American champion. He always has great matches. And, uh, you know, since his rascal days, I've always been a big fan of him. And I thought this was a great... He had some good mm. little spots in here. I've seen one doing the rounds what people didn't like on Twitter where he uh, done the big wheel, JP. Have you seen yeah. that one? He, yeah, he does the spin with him on his back and that people didn't like that one, but I got a kick out of it. Thought that was sound. And I wasn't ma- watching the match with Rounds, boys. I wasn't watching Noam Darby Dragon Lee. No chance. Wrestling no, with Rounds that. isn't for me. Swerve that. But other than that, Ben, what other match did you see? So it was the opener, yeah, and I thought it was fine. Uh, and then I skipped Noam yeah. Darby because it's Noam Darby. Um, I watched Ilya Dijak. And then Gallus walked out and I turned me tell you. Yeah. No, I didn't watch that myself, but I seen the spot where uh, one of the Cree brothers was giving the overhead belly to bellies and doing nip ups. He gave like five yeah, in fun. a row. That was, a, yeah, why, they are. Why did Shawn Michaels like Gallus so much? I don't get it. Like, they, I know. He had nothing to offer an NXT <laughs> in 2017. Like, how, how was, champs how, as well. how was Wolfgang got like a, <laughs> a more than half a decoid run out of WWE? <laughs> <laughs> Looking like Wolfgang and wrestling like Wolfgang and being Wolfgang, it makes no sense. And the other guy, like, it's boring. It's boring yeah. Scottish men with beards, as they've always been. Like, I, and the the NXT people, I the people I follow who do follow this stuff quite closely, seem to feel the same way. They're like, oh, where's Gallus again? Like, I think anyone understands yeah. why they're so protected and why they're, they're still tag camps coming out of this. Like, and that was it. That was the moment where I had to turn it off. I couldn't. So you didn't yeah. see the uh, women's match between the two women that you don't know? <laughs> Did you not see that? I don't know them, mate. Couldn't tell you who they are. <laughs> no, I, to be fair, I thought it was was good match. This considering that, like people say, don't the JP that they practice these at the performance center. Is that right? These, that these sounds about right, doesn't yeah, it? They yeah. rehearse these, but considering this was in front of a proper crowd as well in a in an arena, and it was the first time like crowned this champion, I thought they'd done a good job. And Tiffany Stratton, you know, 
She is still learning on the job, but I thought for the you know one of her big matches, she delivered. It's the longest match on the show as well, sixteen minutes long, and thought he told a good story. And she hit that the the PME, the prettiest moonsault ever. Benno, you've probably seen them gifts going around. And I thought probably. it was a uh, yeah, it was a good match. To be fair, hopefully she can can see. And it was one of them as well. We say boys like when she kept into character. She got the belt, and she didn't just burst out crying, thanking everyone for the opportunity. She stayed in character. And was just you know proud that she won the won the title kind of thing. So hopefully she can keep on going. And then you have Brom Breaker and uh, Carmelo in the main event, which you know they both benefited from the the double team per se. Like Brom Breaker is well better as a heel. I don't know if you've seen yeah, him much of him, JP. He, he's well better. He's, he's he just, as you say, he's more comfortable in his in his own skinny, and he's like just talking more naturally. It's just yeah. well better presentation. And Melo as well. You know, I've always been big on him and. Thought these had a decent main event, you know, solid enough with the hometown uh, crowd behind Mellow and that. And the spear spot, you've probably seen that doing the rounds, it was unbelievable. They've done like a, the gold big Queen Wee one, Benno, from years ago, the springboard, <laughs> and he just cut him in half with that. But yeah, Mellow got the. I don't know exactly what you mean. To. Yeah, <laughs> clean as a whistle window, like no arsing about it. It was literally clean as you come, uh, Mellow getting the win. So yeah, overall, thumbs up show for me. And my, you know, I'll, I'll pick and choose with the TV for that because it's so many different characters. But you know, good to see them outside the performance center putting on shows. You know what I mean? In proper arena. Yeah, that so. was a benefit. That made me yeah. want. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even going to try and watch it because I can't stand that. You know, the too many colors, yeah. same fans like set up. The fact that it was in a proper like arena made me want to yeah. watch it. But at the same time, I didn't even realize they were going head to head with AEW until we again until truly elite when we were re- previewing it. It was like. Um, and it did feel like that. You were watching it, and it was half an arena, wasn't it? It was the lower level, yeah. And the rest yeah. was topped off because the type of fans who would probably put their hands in the pocket to go watch NXT were probably going to be more interested in the AW pay per view. It was like a, I think they shot themselves in the foot. Really, if this was on Saturday night after Crown Jewel, not Crown Jewel, you know what I mean, Knights of Champions, yeah, or it was somewhere else on the weekend, Friday even. I think it probably would have got a little bit more, uh, yeah, spot. Another thing about that crowd, back to that strata match, was depicted her to win, even though she's meant to be the heel, because mm. she's the one that stands out. The fans were banging to her halfway through the match and wanted her to win. So, you know, obviously the fans are behind her as well. So, yeah, I say just good to have the fans back, you know, in the arenas for them. So, hopefully they can continue. So, yeah, that's about it, Ben. Thumbs up show for me anyway. Good stuff. Um, JP, you didn't see that, did you? No. I never did. I, in fact, what, what I did is I went on to Poison. <laughs> I went to Poison Rana and listened to Davy and Braden talk about it because they follow this stuff. So, I mean, I'd recommend yeah, yeah. that. I mean, there's there's stuff on it that probably I wouldn't have the same. It was a long uh, weekend, boys. You know, to be fair, they were it was higher a on the Heritage Cup, but NXT Battle, Battleground is where I tapped out. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of tap out, on that note, I think that brings us to the end of our, uh, our mammoth show here. <laughs> as far oh, as isn't uh, it? the era of short shows time. begins. Yep, there you go. Good Wrong week to start that way. Yeah, we're, 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 we're not counting this one. Pay-per-view weekends are different. That's what we keep Yeah, yeah of course. But, uh, of course. Yeah, um, lots, uh, lots we got uh, through there. Yeah, we're going to uh, go off onto the uh, the post-show now with our, our patrons. Might have a quick chat about uh, Succession. But again, if this wasn't enough uh, spotlight for you, um, you can get the extended version with a, a one hour this time uh, pre-show. We do it to ourselves. I don't know why. As well as our town hall that we did there uh, last week, which was kind of a, a Patreon Q&A, state of the podcast type thing. But also, we had an hour of bollocks chatter in there to get our, all of our yeah. archives. If you enjoyed the uh, the punk uh, show last week from the the Best in the World DVD, plenty more where that came from at uh, patreon.com slash grapple. But yeah, outside of that, anything else to plug, JP? 
No, I would just, yeah, patreon.com forward slash grapple. Um, yeah, go to grapple.bigcartel.com as well. And we're going to have loads of fun stuff coming up this weekend. And we've got another episode of Time coming up as well, importantly. Yeah, by popular demand. People seem to really, really oh, yeah. on the uh, on the YouTube. So, yeah, more where, where that came from as well. Anything for you, Matty? You been up to anything? Uh, no, not really. Uh, yeah, you have. You did crap. Have I? You did. Oh one. yes, sorry, yeah, my, my brain, I'm tiny. Me and Andy done an episode of uh, of shite uh, volume two. Now that's oh, what I, I call shite. shite. What yeah. no shite, Beno, not just crap <laughs> shite. And uh, yeah, so go check that we've done the uh, ten worst ten worst gimmicks of all time. Uh, according to Andy, makes the lists, and you know I might agree with some, disagree with some, and uh, yeah, we've already got uh, volume three uh, all mapped out for in a couple of months' time as well. So always enjoy. Recording them with Andy, they have a good laugh with that, like very yeah, good so laugh. Share it, uh, so it's uh, Andy Ogden. Share uh, GCP, of well, a GCP podcast, whatever. Uh, podcast. You're better at chilling than me, Ben. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just said it could have been any Andy there. Andy, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So that's it. Well, yeah, there you go. So yeah, more where uh, that came from. We're going to head off to the uh, the post show, but yeah, thank you uh, everyone for tuning in. Thank you, patrons, for tuning in live, and we will catch you all again very soon. Ta-da. Bye. So yeah. Time to add personality to your office or home. Goat Guns offers a wide range of miniature gun models that are fun to build and display. From desk decorations to conversation starters, our realistic die-cast models are sure to impress. Choose from a vast selection of historic miniature firearms such as AR-15s, AK-47s, and 1911 pistol. We have greatest of all time support and a 90-day buyback guarantee. Order your Goat Gun at GoatGuns.com.